Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Two Piece Podcast, where two very different people compare and contrast their top fives on a variety of topics. I'm Alex. I'm Steph. Steph, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you today, Alex? I am doing great. I got I to gotta mention this. Steph hates when I ask how she's doing <laughs> every time. She, she's like, why do you ask that? You know what? I care. Well, but you act like I haven't already seen I already seen you for like several hours. <laughs> you just, I know, I know, I know. It's like, t- it's like we're meeting for the first time today. We'll see if I ask again next week. You will. <laughs> hey, Steph, what's the topic this week? This week, the topic is top five favorite animated characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is pretty vague. It can be 2D, 3D, from a movie, from a TV show, from a comic book. The only caveat, which was my downfall, was no video games. <laughs> <laughs> she came into the studio today uh, with a video game character on there. There was just a slight miscommunication, but we figured it out. Yes. So, so I exchanged one of mine for a non-video game character. And yes. now we're there. We are. We are. But this is going to be a really, really exciting episode today. For a couple reasons, yeah. Um, and one thing I do want to say, make sure you follow us at The Two Peas Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, there you can suggest your own suggestions and we randomly pull them from the hat each week this invisible hat so your topic could be picked and we'll give you a little shout out if yours is picked yeah just comment on any post or you can message us whatever you want and then we'll add it to our to our hat so right before we get to that though i have a quick little anecdote to share um of course you do of course i do uh i speaking of you know cartoons animated characters i actually had a cartoon that i wanted to make and i actually went pretty far and i wrote some of it and everything when i was in high school yeah it was called the Grumunchians. What? Is what it was called. This is all very true. Um, so the Grumunchians were. Tell me what you think. This this is the plot. I'm dead serious. Um, it was like these weird, like chunky, like blob kind of characters. One was really tall. One was really short and stout. One was like really wide, and there was like a weird triangle one. They all had one eyeball, and they were Grumunchians, <laughs> and they lived in Grumuntia. Their of favorite thing. They did. Their favorite thing to do was hopscotch. That was their thing. Hopscotch. There's How hopscotch. Old were you? Like 17. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like eight No, or it's in high school. And, uh, anyway, um, we had a theme song and everything. And I can't remember their names. Their names was like Bumple, Schmumple, Dumple, and Grumple. But then there was one. There <laughs> oh, my was, gosh. But there was one named Spadooty Flutie, which was he was going to be like the Squidward kind of character, the bitter one. But yeah, we had a theme song. It was, we are the Grumunchians. We are the... And there was like this big chant. There was a whole thing. People are probably tuned out. But I let us know um, in your preferred listening platform. Leave us a comment if you think that'd be a great show. I have, I have a question, though. Yeah. Who did you share this with? A bunch of friends in school. I didn't like pitch it to NBC or something. Okay. So <laughs> or Nickelodeon you, or well, something. Because you kept saying we. We had a... Yeah, there's a group of us. We like... we. We wrote the song and everything, and we drew them okay. on, the, on the chalkboard, and you know we had a lot of free time on our hands in, in those days. So I had this little rabbit that I used to draw because mm-hmm. I can't draw anything, but I could draw this cute little rabbit, and I named him Bobo Skiat and Totten. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I, I used to draw them all over my papers and all that kind of stuff just because I couldn't draw them, but it was the cutest thing I could draw. Well, speaking of drawing, um, I'm pretty excited about this week. Like we mentioned before, uh, we always pick a random suggestion from a from a viewer or a listener, not a viewer, a listener. And this particular topic was picked by not just a listener, but our special guest this week. Yes, you heard it right. We have a special guest the, for the first time on the Two Piece Podcast. We're making Woo! Two Piece Podcast history. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today with us, um, we have an animator, a showmaker, and an old media enthusiast. Give it up for Pinata Time. Pinata! Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Howdy. I'm, uh, I'm Pinata Time. I make cartoons on YouTube. Uh, my main series is a show called Space Station Arbitrary about two uh, young adults traveling through space, but it doesn't really matter uh, that they're in space. <laughs> it's quite arbitrary, in fact. It's more just about Interesting. their average lives. It's, it's like you used arbitrary in the title for a reason or something. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Um, it is actually a really great show. Um, also, a little uh, a little shout out to Pinata as well because he actually has done a lot of my artwork for my various content, including the Two Piece podcast. Yes, yeah, so so, our logo and everything. It's you're all looking thanks at to Pinata. You are looking at it, whether you like it or not. It well, is well listening Pinata. to it. <laughs> right, I keep saying looking. Well, they could be looking at it. They're staring looking at the screen on their Spotify. So. Exactly. Um, but. Pinata, we are so happy to have you on. How does it feel to be our first guest? It's really like jokes aside, I really am excited. This is uh this is gonna be really fun. I love talking about cartoons and animation and uh, you know, just nerd stuff. It's just a good time. So yeah. I'm really happy. We're happy too. This is gonna be like you're the there's no one better to talk about this stuff with than you. We're um, all a bunch of nerds here. We're all a bunch yeah. of nerds here. At varying degrees and in varying ways. There's very, there's, yeah. you know, there's genres of a nerd. I'm a very different nerd than Alex is, but we're well, both nerds. To be honest, we're all kind of different. Um, Steph's got her own nerdum. My nerdum's more on the video game side. And Pinata, I mean, yours is video games too, but you're definitely like media slash animation. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of your, that's your, your wheelhouse. But, um, well, let's, I guess let's get into it. Um, Steph, you're all first, right. I believe, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so I will go um, first. My. Number five for top five favorite animated characters is Powerpuff Girls. Oh, okay. Is there a particular one? No. I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to pick, but I couldn't. They're all just so different. And, but my explanation for why I picked them as a, as a group is there, there's a reason and okay. not just one individual. Okay. So I, I'm going to go into why and then i'm gonna give just a couple of like his history and facts and whatnot okay so when i was young i watched the powerpuff girls um and i just i think the art style is just super super cute they're kind of like bubbly and they have those big eyes um and i really liked the the dad what was his name was it professor utonium professor or utonium something? yeah mm-hmm. yep, and they job. never showed his head right I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Like this, are are you thinking of Miss Bellum? Because they didn't show her head. Utonium, you did oh, see Oh, they do his show head. his head. Yeah. They, they do. do show his head. Yeah, them. Oh, shoot. Yeah. That must have been it. <laughs> That's a, you, once again, you're, you're, we're talking with a, with a cartoon here. I know. Here, he so. knows. He caught me. He caught me. That show's yeah, great. So that, I, lo- I love her. the art style. I love the, uh, the thicker outlines of the characters. It, uh, I love the messier look of that sort of 90s where everything kind of looks a little off. You know, I, I always like that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I love it. So I really like order. I like things to be organized. I like equal amounts of things. I like to feel like things look balanced. And I really like how they all had different color hair. They had different color outfits and like their eyes matched their outfits. And it was all just very ordered. And their personalities like um, matched like their hair color kind of. Like you would think that somebody with dark hair would be maybe a little darker, right? And kind of grumpier or whatever. Right. And blonde hair would be bubbly. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just really liked it. I like the symbolism of that. I just thought that it was really fun. Okay. So, 
a little bit of the history, and I'm not going to, I found so many things. Well, I, right before you say this, okay. I do want to say, just so our, our listeners know this week, we kind of picked, we always like to learn something along the way as we go. And yeah. this week we're kind of doing some behind the scenes. You know, a lot of us are probably going to be familiar with these shows, but you may not know what, you know, how these characters came to be or just something that's, or something behind the scenes, I guess is the best way to put it, really. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of the history and the start of the production of the show. Um, so during Craig McCracken's first year in the character animation program of Cal Arts, he created a series of short cartoons based on a character called No Neck Joe. No Neck Joe. In June 1991, he created a drawing of three girls on a small sheet of orange construction paper as a birthday card designed for his brother. The following year, he included the three girls as the main characters of his short film, Whoop-Ass Stew. The Whoop-Ass <laughs> Girls in A Sticky Situation, which was the title of the episode. Initially, McCracken wanted to animate four Whoop-Ass Girls shorts, but only one came to be. McCracken shorts were selected to be shown at Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation in 1994. While working on Two Stupid Dogs in 1993, McCracken's Whoop-Ass Girls short was picked up for a series by Cartoon Network. However, the name Whoop-Ass had to be dropped for the channel to include it as part of its new What a Cartoon Animation Shorts Showcase, mostly because the name Whoop-Ass sounded inappropriate. Uh, and because of <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And because it was pronounced <laughs> Whoop-Ass. Um, the Whoop-Ass Girls then became the Powerpuff Girls, and the can of the can of whoop ass was renamed chemical x uh, mccracken's new short entitled the powerpuff girls in meet fuzzy lumpkins which i guess was the first short uh aired as part of the network's world premiere tune in on february 20th 1995 95 okay i was wondering what year oh. um first of all so they a... started as the whoop ass girls <laughs> i have a collection of uh cartoon network pilots that was actually sent to people to try to get them to sign on to a cable package with Cartoon Network in the early days. And it does include that first Powerpuff Girls (gasps) show. That is cool. uh, Like the first Dexter's Lab and the first Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Oh. You know what we need to do? We need to get a... That's amazing. Can you take a picture of that tape maybe? (laughs) Absolutely. And like, uh, we might use that as like our... We could maybe put that on Instagram. Yeah. It's a really cool find. Supposedly it's pretty rare. I just found it at like a thrift store for like 50 cents. You know, it's crazy. Isn't that nuts? You can just find that That's stuff? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, that is really cool, Pinata. Well, a um, couple notes I wanted to say on that. You mentioned, like, you're so right with the colors of the th- of the Powerpuff Girls. Like, Buttercup, it's like green Girl Scouts. That's what I think of. Really? Green oh. Girl Scouts. I didn't think of Girl Scouts. All the Disney, but she's green. The Girl all Scouts the Disney are green. villains, a lot of Disney villains have green and yeah. dark hair I, don't, I know it's not disney but i'm just saying that's i think sort of a universal symbolism of like darker and a little grumpier green with him. sure yeah yeah with, yeah, yeah absolutely um that's really cool and i also want to say i don't think i've ever heard steph say the word ass so many times uh <laughs> i didn't i didn't say that word sorry, i said, said whoop ass. ass it's one word sorry there's a difference it's I'm one sorry. word i'm so sorry somebody should make a I'm compilation of all of that though just like seven seconds of first say whoop ass whoop ass <laughs> Um, no, don't don't give Pinata any ideas. I know. <laughs> He'll do it. I know. He'll do it. I know. That's why I'm telling you not to. Oh goodness. Um, any other uh, things you'd like to share with that Pinata? If not, we'll move on to my number five. No, uh, just gonna say I also grew up watching that show and I always loved it. I always liked that it uh, it was it wasn't like 
it didn't feel like they wrote it for girls because they didn't. They just wrote it to be entertaining. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, kind of stumbling on my words. Uh, but it. It's just a well-written show. I don't know. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, like, they I fought mean. crime and they did all this stuff and not girl. I mean, they did have girly things, but they didn't just do girly things. Right. Yeah, because um, they knew that they could just write. They didn't have to sell it to a market. They actually just yeah. wrote a good show. Because it because it was actually just a good show. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing. I, last thing I'll say is that I know it's silly, but I love the city of Townsville, and then there's yes. the town of cities, the town of Citiesville as well. I forgot about that. Um, the city of Townsville. I, I just oh. I just I know it's so simple, but I love when people just do it's simple just so things clever. like that with their names. You don't pick um, up on it, you know. <laughs> all right, so guys, I have a number five here. Um, well, I hope my you number would. five. All right, <laughs> I've only got four <laughs> through one. I forgot five. Um, my number five. I'll say this just to see if anyone can guess. I'm going to say the show that they're from. Okay, the character is from Bob's Burgers. Oh, I have no clue. Pinata, do you have any guesses? I know you're familiar with the mm. show. I almost put him on my list. I'm assuming you're going to say uh, Gene Belcher. You bet. Gene is my <laughs> number five. I, I have no I idea who him, that even is. I put him as an honorable mention. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, we have good taste then. No, I uh, Gene Belcher is on uh, my number five. So I'll go and explain who Gene is to uh, Steph here. So this is just this is just from all of these facts are from fandom except for one. Um, this is just kind of an explanation. Um Eugene Jean Belcher is the middle child of Bob and Linda Belcher, and one of the two, uh, I don't know, oh, it's, some, it's like a weird word for a protagonist, but it's like deuteragonist. That's the second, that's not a protagonist, that's the second main character Second main character, show. okay, I, I learned something I didn't know. Hmm. Um, anyway, point is, uh, let me just explain who he is, so he is, he's <laughs> he just the gave son. Up, gave up on reading it. <laughs> well, I read what I read, basically. <laughs> so, uh, he is... The son in this really strange family, and he is such a strange guy that I can kind of relate to in some ways because he always carries around this keyboard. He makes little fart noises with his keyboard. Oh, my god! He'll just say what's on his mind. It doesn't matter. Like, there's a quote that I found, um, and it is, You should know when you hold my hands with me, you are holding hands with everything I've ever eaten. <laughs> like, he's just, oh, I remember that lied too. He's just... Uh, a really funny character. There's one episode in particular I think of um, where, Pinata, you might remember this. It's Gear Heaven. Um, yes. He's like dating, or he's like kind of like seeing this girl and her dad's like this musician. And he's got the studio, and then he has this dream sequence where he's in Gear Heaven, and he's like, I can't remember if he's completely naked or he's close to naked, but he's like flying yeah, in the like sky. And there's like or something. <laughs> it's like an angel in the sky, uh, and there's keyboards everywhere. That that's my dream, gear heaven. Oh my gosh! And uh, so the musical part I can kind of relate to. Um, this particular character, it's not really as much about his art style as it is just how he's written. I think he's just such a well-written character, and he's got such a unique brand of humor even compared to everybody else in the show. Like, in a way, they're all funny, but he's a comic relief in a lot of ways. Like, he's the closer of the scene a lot of the time. So, like, if a scene's about to end, he'll have, like, a cold closer. He just says this weird line, and then it, and then it goes to the next scene. Um, I did want to share this little behind the scenes. Um, it's not about him in particular, but it's about Bob's Burgers. This is from businessinsider.com. Did you guys know that the original pitch of this show, um, the Belchers were supposed to be cannibals? Oh, yeah. I remember he, uh, reading about that. Yeah, what? they were going to be cannibals. They run a they run a burger store, but um, what yeah. were they going to be cannibals and feed people? Yeah, people. 
that yeah but uh, uh fox uh, uh shut it down because i would say so yeah so anyway <laughs> that's uh that's How bob's burgers interesting. i know <laughs> any uh anything on bob's burgers pinata do you have a favorite character from that show I unless mean, one of them are on your list no it's it's gene like i said i almost put gene on my list it's very i've never right. ever seen a character on tv who is quite like me in the sense that when i was a kid i was like gene i you know i sang random <laughs> right. songs i i was loud and obnoxious and probably everybody around me hated me except my parents and uh you know i had that sort of thing where you know i was just this obnoxious guy i didn't want to go outside i just wanted to stay inside and watch tv it's it was kind of creepy how similar he is to me but i appreciate that there's someone like that you know Right, so we, we both kind of had him in our minds for the same reasons, because, yeah, yeah, I could relate to him in so many funny ways. Like, the first time he pulled up the keyboard and played fart noises on it, I was like, this is me. Oh, gosh. Um, That's I all just I realized did, too. You know? I had little music machines and would make noises, and, you know, it's just nostalgic. I love that. Man, <laughs> so, you, so you had a little keyboard. I didn't have a keyboard, but I did have those sort of toys you could, like, record into them and repeat what right. you said and stuff like that oh, i love those things yeah um i just realized too i have a couple other quick facts that i forgot because they're saved as photos not as text um the actors that uh, so the voice actors um they actually all record at the same time usually voice actors come in at like separate times but they all record together and it's from across like from all like across the continent apparently um or i i think it's country they said continent but i think it's country the cast is split between new york and la and they'll record at the same time which is unhurt like uncommon it's yeah. not common um usually you somebody comes in records their lines and someone else does so i thought that was interesting and a final thing is a fan artist um scored a staff job on the show um artist simon chong tweeted a four minute bob's burger slash archer mashup because it's the same voice actor um, that he illustrated by hand. The cast and producers loved it so much that they gave him a job as a retake editor and a storyboard artist. Oh, wow. So you make some fan art. <laughs> you, you, you never know. You never oh, know. Wow. That's kind of cool. That's awesome. Um, Pinata, what is, uh, what's your number five? We're ready to hear it. Well, my number five, uh, if you had asked me as a kid who my favorite cartoon character was, I probably would have responded with this character. And okay. it's funny you'd bring up Craig McCracken because my number five is Blue from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. <gasps> oh. oh, I love oh, Blue. Duck, 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 duck. Okay, I love it. <laughs> I love Blue. So, as a kid, I'll just go over my own history. I loved Foster's as a kid. I, I couldn't really pin, put my finger on why, but I just loved it. And I think one reason I really attached to Blue is because he was such an easy character to draw. I drew him thousands of times as a kid like i would write like as a 10 year old i'd pretty much make my own fanfic before i knew what that was because blue was just <laughs> such an easy character to you know it didn't i mean it's just a face pretty much and right. i had you know i had the dvds i had a little plushie of blue that uh, i took Aww. to the hospital the only time i ever went to the hospital he went with me so i have a lot Aww. of sentimental value to uh blue regard q kazoo full name i love that <laughs> I do, and 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 to to that um, point of him being simple, it, it's that's just proof right there that you you know as an artist, um, and you can speak to it more than me, I'm sure, because you're actually one. But um, you, you you don't have to draw some complicated character for it to be a good character, as you would know from your your quick little from my Grumunchians, Grumunchian yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're just simple blobs. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's again, it's funny you'd say Craig McCracken because this kind of picks up where that left off. Uh, I have an interview with him. Where somebody asked, <gasps> okay. uh, where did the idea for Fosters come from? And he said, 
for my imagination. After making the Powerpuff Girls movie, I wanted to take a break from drawing the same characters I had been drawing for 11 to 12 years. I was just doodling and drawing these random characters in my sketchbook and thought, I would really love to do a show where I could invent new characters whenever I wanted and have fresh universe for them to appear in. I mean... He uh, was then asked, what was the first character you created? And he said it was Blue. He was the first specific imaginary friend I created. So, there you go. I mean, that's that's actually, like, a great, like, way to be able to have that freedom. That makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. because he just can bring new ones in whenever. I yeah. love that all of them were different and, like, did different things. And Yeah, I loved, I loved Wilt, too, and Eduardo. They all had such unique, charming, you know, personalities. They were, you were so distinct from one another. I... It's funny because, like, when that show came out, so I'm, I've watched episodes of it. I wouldn't call myself a super fan by any means, but I do like it. And I remember thinking, just watching it, it's such a colorful show. And yeah. um, and I loved, I even loved, like, how people moved in that show. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Because how they Yeah, they, they kind of, I felt like they, like, glided, sort of. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, right? it's it was very it's, smooth. It's because it was Flash animated. It was one of the, a very early show to be Flash animated. That's a more common thing now, but at the time, that was newer technology. Flash animation is, to put it in more simple terms, it's sort of the idea of, instead of drawing the character over and over again, you kind of draw them once and then squash and stretch them around. Hence why it kind of looked uh, very mm. samey, which I'll be honest, not really my style. I kind of prefer frame to frame, but I can definitely appreciate the uh, effort and talent that also goes into Flash. Right. Um, that's really cool. Um, that's a good way to describe Flash, too. I've always had trouble kind of describing. Because is that yeah. the same? It's more complicated, naturally, but that's sort of a basic, you know. Right, right. Okay. Um, Foster's Home. I love that theme song, too. I totally so forgot. You about, about that, that show. show and i loved it i will say yes. i've rewatched it as an adult it doesn't really hold up as well no don't say but, that no but, don't say but, that <laughs> but again you know undoubtedly the nostalgia with blue is just uh, i couldn't i couldn't you know resist putting him on my list sure. that's a fantastic number five steph you got your uh number four in your back pocket ready to go i do i have it <laughs> all right my number four is hmm. Larry the Cucumber. Larry oh, the Cucumber. That's a good choice. Larry the Cucumber. Well, I think we should have a group discussion because guess what my number four is, Steph? Oh, no. Is it Larry? Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll just go ahead and say I thought about putting a Vigil's character and then I said, nah, that's, that's, they're not going to care about that. Let me put something else on. So no, you, you know, you know that I'm a VeggieTales guy, too. <laughs> that is it so would have been so funny if you had said, if you'd been like, guess what? Ha, ha, ha. So I, may, I, may have, I may have put Bob on the list, though. So <laughs> I, well, I hope you're not hinting at anything. Okay. No? Um, but let, Steph, lead away. I'll just fill in, I guess, if I have something to fill well, in. Well, if you have some facts, too, we'll just do a joint yeah. discussion. Yeah. All right. So Larry the Cucumber. I'm going to just give... A quick little synopsis. So Larry the Cucumber is the protagonist of the VeggieTales series. He hosts the show along with Bob the Tomato, one of his friends. Unlike Bob, who acts serious and more mature, Larry also leads silly songs, songs in the middle of the show. His love interest is Petunia Rhubarb, who was originally <laughs> meant to be another cucumber. Uh, he has a father, three brothers, who is Bob, Mark, and Steve, and his aunt, which is Aunt Ruth. So this is from uh, Veggie Tales. It's for the kids. Fandom. Com. Yeah. Don't forget. So you didn't mention just silly songs with Larry, but he's also a superhero. 
Well, no, I, yeah. I didn't forget. Oh, you didn't forget. I okay. didn't forget. He was also... He's what, a he's a multi-talented guy. What did he play in that pirate movie? Who did he play in the pirate he movie? Was a, he was a pirate, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Was he one, he of, the was one of the pirates who don't do anything? do anything? Yeah. I love that. It was one of my favorite VeggieTale movies ever. That, that was I such a that good they, movie. I love that they pointed out Aunt Ruth because, you know, she has a beard and it felt weird. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Okay, so I'm going to give a quick bio... Um, so Larry made his first on-screen debut in 1992, VeggieTales um, screen test uh, that was called Mr. Cute's Screen Test, where he pops out from a ceramic bowl on the kitchen countertop and hops toward the camera and smiles at the viewer. Sounds kind of creepy, though. Uh, well, later, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, I guess. You're charming. <laughs> if you've later, ever watched. Let, I've never seen that. Oh, no, it's cool. No, I haven't. Uh, maybe you can share that with us. Yeah, you should. All right, so later that year, an additional screen test was made uh, titled VeggieTales Promo Take 38. Here, Larry is searching for his blue plastic wind-up lobster, unintentionally interrupting Bob the tomato throughout the short as he gives a speech to do a show pitch of VeggieTales for potential investors. That's really cute. Yeah. Have you seen that one, Pinata? Yeah, that one's also online. I'll tell you, this guy's seen everything. <laughs> we, have an, we have an expert on here. Very, uh, very nostalgic and... I, I mean, I love VeggieTales. I also have so many VHS tapes because they're very common. So, um, but right. no, I think VeggieTales is just a really well-made show. It's it's considering uh, the usual sort of stuff that comes out uh, in that regard. It's it's just really good. Well, yeah, and it, it kind is. of kind of against um, against all odds, you know, because like, like that broke through to the mainstream, and uh, you know, like like a Christian-based show. Yeah, and in that's on uh, that's usually pretty uncommon. Usually, Christian-based media kind of stays in that lane, right? In terms of market, right? And that's I remember, a... I remember having friends who loved VeggieTales who maybe weren't really watching other Christian media. So I thought that was really cool that it just really broke through. Um, now I'm assuming we all know. I knew this from um, Phil Vischer's book, which I recommended, and it's one of my on my top five books list. That we did on an earlier episode. Uh-huh. Um, we all know. I'm assuming about the the one fact that I could really think of, and I actually already knew it, which was what uh, uh, Larry was supposed to be before he was a cucumber. Oh yeah. Do you, do you have this stuff? Do you have that on your thing? No. He was supposed to be like a, like a chocolate bar. What? Um, and then and then uh, I I think what was the reasoning? You remember pinning out like wasn't uh, it like I don't want to promote be... like. A chocolate bar, but then uh, his wife Lisa walked in the room and said, "You really shouldn't make kids fall in love with candy." And we're right. Like, oh, yeah. Good point. And so, oh my gosh. out Plus, of nowhere, um, Phil just thought of a cucumber, and it went from there. And it was also, I'm assuming, probably easier to make. Yeah, probably. Um, just, just, just a, just a cylinder, basically. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, not a cylinder. With the software and time he had, he talked about how he couldn't, he he couldn't do arms, legs, hair clothes right. anything and so he has to make a children's show with characters who don't have arms legs hair or clothes right which was well, a, plus, a tough order you mentioned the software and all that stuff and the machines they used and i mentioned this on another on another podcast um but just about like the render time back in those early days oh, i remember yeah. him mentioning in that book like you know, you'd have to render it hopefully it's right and then you have to come back that next morning and it's finishing up like it takes hours to render like five minutes of animation like it was just it was ridiculous but um larry i love larry i always have 
and um, he was always my favorite when I watched it as a kid. Of course he was, right? He was the silly one, right? He did the songs. I loved the songs. I loved the songs. When I was little, I'd always, I loved the song, like the Where, Where is My Hairbrush? I'd sing that over and over and Water over Water Buffalo is, is, a, oh, is, yeah. is the song, in my opinion. Everyone's I like his Buffalo. voice. definitely my favorite uh, Larry performance is Water Buffalo. Um, I don't have many specific memories now of Larry Boy, but I remember loving it when I was young. Um, I had a couple Larry Boy VHS tapes. I wonder if I still have those somewhere. I hope <laughs> I do. Um, I'm sure you did got you plenty have of those. The, uh, did you have the cartoon adventures, the 2D episodes? No, I didn't. <laughs> Nobody had those but me. <laughs> <laughs> you hear they, that? Did, when, they did not did, sell well. <laughs> when did, what era was that? Was that like later on that they did that 2D? Was, right before they went bankrupt that was one of the sort of uh last ditch efforts to try to make some money interesting okay and it, it was like probably, made sense. It was probably i'm assuming it was cheaper to probably make a 2d yeah it was also flash animated actually <laughs> oh that's cool that is cool well sweet deal all right um i don't have anything else for larry besides i just really liked liked him and i liked his character and i like how like i identify more with bob Okay, let's <laughs> for sure, and I'm definitely Larry, so that's why we're honest. here. So, but I really liked Larry the most. <laughs> so. Everybody wants to be Larry. Yeah. Um. Hey, Pinata, we'll go and skip me since we kind of we shared it. What's your uh, What's your number four? My number four is uh, Coach McGurk from Home Movies, which is my I favorite knew show. Home. <laughs> right, your favorite show. I, I'm sorry, I, I stepped in there. I knew no, Home no, Movies okay. was going to be on here. Without a doubt. Um, home Movies is a show, it's kind of hard to explain the show because it's about a kid who makes home movies, but it's not really about that because it's kind of about his home life with his, uh, you know, single mother and how he also goes to soccer, uh, soccer practice with uh, Coach McGurk and he kind of, he's kind of his father figure, but he's not a very good one. And it's more just about characters <laughs> kind of standing around and talking more than actual plots. And I love it. I love the way it's structured. I love the art style. It's very, many people say it's ugly, but I think it's just the most appealing looking, weirdest looking characters ever. And We should look this up while he's talking about it. And it's like I said, the writing of it is very ad lib heavy. It's, uh, frankly, most of the people who worked on it are the same people who worked on Bob's Burgers. So it was kind of a, a proto oh. version of Bob's Burgers. In fact, Lauren Bouchard, one of the creators of Bob's Burgers and one of the creators of Home Movies, I have a little line from him talking about the character of Coach McGurk. Uh, Coach McGurk was also voiced by uh, John Benjamin, who's the same voice as Bob's Burgers, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah. will say, looking at these photos here, um, I've I've seen these characters before, and I guess I haven't associated them. I didn't know they were Home Movies. Um, I can definitely see the influence yeah. um, in your in your animation. For yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> They're it's... all wearing onesies, and uh, I used to draw all my characters wearing onesies for the same reason. Uh, okay. And just in general, I just you know something about the art style. I think because it looked kind of well ugly, it drew me to it. I uh, you know everything always looked <laughs> yeah. so conventionally clean, and I, I just get bored with that. It was kind of refreshing, probably, to see something like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, so why? Uh, Coach McGurk in particular? Is it just how this the particular... Because he's just the funniest character. It's hard, like I said, it's very <laughs> hard to explain this show, but Brendan, you know, this eight-year-old will go to Coach McGurk for life advice and he'll just give him the worst advice. You know, he'll ask about <laughs> girls, he'll give him awful advice, he'll ask about school. He'll teach him about presidents who aren't real presidents, you know, he'll just kind of go off and he's just a drunken mess, but you can't help but love him even though he's just kind of 
he's not a good person, but yet you still you want good things. <laughs> you want it to work out for him, you know. I get that. <laughs> um, Lauren Bouchard, in regards to creating the character, had to say uh, the plot line of the first episode was that maybe the tension at home is that Brendan's mom is going to go on a date with one of the teachers. It's very collaborative. Holly Schlesinger and Tom Snyder was working with us, and people were sort of helping us pull this story together. That's what gave us the coach. The coach was the character that you knew Brendan had sort of clashes with at school, in a way, because he's no uh, Brendan's no athlete. And then all of a sudden, this guy's coming over for dinner and picking up his mom. The day we did the recording for the coach, it was like, I knew we could really do it. That was when I knew the show was obviously something that could go on and on and on if we got the chance. Before that, it was promising. But after that, it was like a big weight was lifted. Hmm. So okay. a lot of the show was kind of made on the spot. It was very sort of, uh, in fact, the first few episodes were pretty much no plot and mostly just uh, ad-libbed. And so the That's, show's yeah, very, you mentioned that earlier. very heavily, uh, lots of erms and ahs. They don't edit out, you know, there will be long pauses. There's lots of like, oh, I, I don't know if we should uh, do, do this. You know, lots of sort of Oh, that's really neat. And I well, just really honest, like it. It feels so real. It's so natural. It's uh, well, it, just, it, it's funny because I think that kind of I think that kind of plays into the art style itself. Yeah. Um, because the art style kind of seems, you know, at first glance, some people might look at it since it's not necessarily polished, quote unquote. That kind of I think that kind of helps paint that picture too. It's you know, it's just it, it's drawn in that particular way. You know, everything's very just kind of lax in terms of how they're speaking. Um, that's really cool. That alone, actually. Because you and I have talked about this before um, off the microphone. I think that just kind of intrigued me to, like, I, I really do want to check home movies out. Yeah, I... Are you going to watch it now? <laughs> I think so. Please do. I will say season one is a little rough. Like I said, they're kind of just figuring stuff out. If you don't like what you see in season one, I'd suggest skipping to season two. But um, in general, it's just, I don't know, something about the show... The way it's written, or lack thereof, the way it looks, it's, uh, I'd love to make a show like that one day, because I, I just, just find it so appealing. Sure. Um, Steph, you got your number three? Yes. Let's hear it. Is that all pinata? Is that all you had on yours? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. All right. My number three is Raven, Raven. from the Teen Titans. Oh, when there's trouble, okay. you know who to call. Yeah. Teen Titans. Yeah. <laughs> so do me favor. When I, was, when I was young, when I was young, I watched it. Like, I loved Teen Titans so much. Um, and Raven was, I mean, I liked all of them, but Raven was one of my favorites. So. Um, paint me the best picture you can, please, because I, am, I have never seen a single episode of Teen Titans before. Really? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Dead, well, dead serious. Yeah. I, can, I just missed out on that train. I can paint you a picture. Raven is. I'll read this. So this is from TeenTitans.Fandom.com. Raven is one of the main characters of the Teen Titans series. She's a human demon hybrid originating from the parallel dimension of uh, Azeroth, and is one of five founding members of the Teen Titans. Can you see that picture? That's what oh, she looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, I've she's... seen the character. So yeah. she's so so. I'm talking specifically. I know there's several different versions, and I, there's a comic book, and then the old TV show that was around when I was little, and then they. I think they did a like a remake. So I think the animation's a little bit different now. Um, but I'm talking about the one that the 
the ones that were on in like the 2000s. That was, that's the, the Raven that I'm talking about. So I have a little tiny, tiny bit of, of just history in general, um, about Raven. I couven't find anything specifically about that series and the creation of that series. So if you two have anything to add on that, feel free. But um, so I'm gonna read this. This is from um, gamespot.com. So Raven first appeared in an issue of the DC Comics. Uh, in 1980, the series was commonly used as a way to highlight characters or reintroduce somewhat forgotten ones by pairing them with Superman. In this particular case, a new version of the Teen Titans was shown in a bonus section of which Raven was one of the new members. Uh, the timing was right for the new team as youth-oriented books were quite popular in the medium. Uh, the leader at the time was X-Men with Marvel. Uh, this led to these new characters becoming very popular themselves and very much established in the DC universe. Um, so two of the early creators, uh, and I guess this is for the DC comic, um, this was George Perez and Marv Wolfman. I so, know those names. You do? Mm-hmm. Where do you know those names from? From from this? Just from DC stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard the names before, I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, I don't know much. See, that's the thing. When it comes to comics, I'm, I just don't know much about them. Well, and but. that's, that's, I don't really know much about comics either. This is more so about the, like the show right. itself. So, cause I really like, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about what I like. So I really like her costume. That's like one of the main, like one it. of the main it looks reasons. Cool. It looks really cool. I like her costume. I like her hair. I like how, um, I, I like that she purples. had, yes, I like that she had powers and like when she had her hood up, it was almost like her personality was different than when her hood was down. And then later in the series, I think when she like breaks free from her father, her cloak and her outfit goes from like dark to a white, which is symbolic of purity and like sure. being free from her constraints and whatnot. But I just, I really liked it. I liked the belt, the jewels on the belt. And I liked her hair and I liked her character. Like she was kind of grumpy, but she was really <laughs> nice and she had a kind heart. Like I just mm. really liked it. So. I'm, I'm assuming this brought, um, I don't know how old the original comics are, but I'm a, if I were to guess, this probably brought a new generation into these characters, if I were to guess, right? Does anyone know how Yeah, I think so. Old? It was a very popular um, show at the time. Well, this The came... show was, yeah, huge. I, I remember seeing... Well, not actually seeing it, but seeing people watch it, basically. Yeah, I loved it. And then I know that there's a lot of complaints. Well, not complaints, but everyone says, like, Teen Titans Go. It's not the same. It's just not the same. No, it's not the same at all. It's not the same <laughs> at all. Um, what's your uh, what your experience, Pinata? Well, I had family members who loved Teen Titans, but as a kid, I was like, oh, that's not a comedy show, so I don't like that. And so I barely yeah. ever watched it, if I'm being <laughs> I honest. I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> sorry, Steph. <laughs> it's fine. It's but, fine. Um, yeah, I don't have too much experience with the original Teen Titans, but uh, yeah, that's a cool, uh, good choice. So, so you're you're Thank with you. me. Um, yeah, pretty I, much. Uh, in fact, oh, I loved it. I, do, I loved it for years. Well, I can give my perspective, I guess, which would be the theme song, because yeah. most people know me on the internet know me for the for the theme song stuff, and I've covered that theme song. And when I learn songs, I always, um, I learn the section I need to learn and I move on, right? I listen to the whole thing, see what section works best, move on. That song, I actually really liked that, the dee doo dee doo dee doo dee doo dee doo dee Like, I it just, it, I love the sound of it. We're good artists. Uh, 
Say who? What? It was uh, Hi Hi Puffy Amiyumi. That, that oh really? That was them. That made that song, yeah. Because they had their own show too. They did. That's the a network at the same time, yeah. That's cool, and that theme song was good too. Um, was Teen Titans on Cartoon Network? Uh, yeah. And the Warner Network, I think, kind of went to both. Okay. Right. Okay. I label it as Cartoon Network on my medleys because it's easier to. When yeah, I you're watched right. it, that's where most people it watched cartoon. it. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think when I watched it, I don't remember watching things on the like Warner Network. Yeah, like, I Saturday remember morning. it, but I don't remember watching things on it. Um, well, I will say that um, we're about to change networks here with my number three. All right, let's see what's your number three. What's right. the competitor? The main competitor to Cartoon Network. You're gonna say Nickelodeon. Who else? Are you gonna? Do you want to guess? Are we gonna? Are you gonna try and guess? I, I, I know who it is. Yeah, me too. I, have, I, I okay. think you, I think you guys both have a guess, and I think it's both Pinata. the same guess, okay. and I think it's wrong. Pinata. <laughs> All right. So on three, let's say it. Ready? All right. One, two, three. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. <laughs> That's a solid guess, but incorrect. Oh, the, you love SpongeBob. It's his next door neighbor. Squidward. Or, or, or actually, he's actually he's one house down. Patrick. It's Patrick. I, oh, it's Patrick? I didn't, um, I didn't know he was one house down. I thought he lived in like a different area because he no, lived under the rock. He's under the rock next to Squidward. Oh. No, you're How SpongeBob do you not know Steph? that? Steph. Come on, girl. It's SpongeBob. <laughs> um, no, it's Patrick Starr. Um, I, did, I knew SpongeBob was going to be on my list because I have always adored that show. Um, I remember, you know, being a kid. I remember watching it when it came on t- first time, debut in 1999. I was at my Grammy's house watching that show. Um, on accident, but I watched it and I thought this has changed my life. And then, and, and it's it's funny that I say that, but it, I mean it. It's changed yeah. my life because everything. Like, I think some of my humor is so influenced from the show. And uh, and I remember being up, like staying up to watch the the the, the SpongeBob BC special. Um, oh yeah! Like, all, all the all the different early specials back in that like that prime golden era of SpongeBob, those first few seasons. Did you guys um, have? Just... Uh, did you guys have that SpongeBob toy, the ripped pants toy? As a kid, I loved that no. toy. I know I the toy, it. but I do not own it. I, I what was I do own obsessed with that as a kid. I loved uh, like any animatronic sort of toys as a kid. Yeah. Those were always my favorite. Um, did you? I think you and I talked about this before, Pinata. But the uh, I have the plug and play, the SpongeBob pl- plug yes. and play. That thing is awesome, and the games are really good <laughs> on it too. Have you seen I that have... stuff? <laughs> is it just the thing you plug into like your TV? Yeah, yeah. and you control SpongeBob's nose. Is it nose? just yeah. that? Actually, the is one I had that? was uh, his pineapple home. Oh, how cute! Oh, that was one too. I don't yeah. know. There's another one. I don't know which That's came really first, neat. but uh, that was the one I grew up with. Um, but we digress a little bit. We're on Patrick. So I picked Patrick for. Um, I knew I was going to pick somebody, but I decided for Patrick because he made me laugh the most when I was a kid watching that show. Um, and then when I kind of dug into the character a little bit, I kind of realized a lot of behind the scenes stuff, which I think is cool. We all know who Patrick is, right? He's, yes. the, he's the best friend. He's a big, dumb starfish, right? Who you well, call him Pinhead? Who you call him Pinhead? I'm Dirty Pin- Dan. Pinata, that sounded really good. That was really good. Um, so he is voiced by, how do you pronounce this? Um, Foggerbach? Bill Foggerbach? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Foggerbach. That's what I'm guessing. 
Um, and he was created and designed by marine biologist and animator uh, Stephen Hillenberg. I had no idea that he was a marine biologist. I think that's pretty common knowledge, but I did not know that. Oh, um, I didn't know it. Now, here's something that I thought was really cool is that Patrick um, actually started out, this is before the full conception of SpongeBob in general, but um, uh, the character of Patrick, at least similarly, um, started out as a educational drawing. Um, so this is from uh, um, Looper.com is where I got this information from. Um, one of Hillenberg's first loves in life was marine biology, so much that he studied it and even got a job teaching science at the Ocean Institute in California in 1986. Hillenberg wanted to help his students understand the content of his lessons and wanted to make students engage with the material in a fun way. As such, he turned his drawing skills and sketched out a comic book teaching the reader about the types of creatures that live um, under the sea. Featured on the front cover um, of that comic book um, is a sea star lounging in a chair watching TV. <laughs> and that's what eventually, like, that turned around and became what Patrick did. Another thing I found interesting, too, is that if you recall, if you're familiar with SpongeBob, as most of us are, there was times where Patrick was got really, like, angry and ragey, too. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes he wasn't just happy-go-lucky. He'd get really angry. Um well, there's a reason for that, because since he's a marine biologist, he knows a lot about these creatures, and he actually tried to base the personalities of a lot of these creatures on their kind of traits um, in real life, these creatures. Um, so, for example, uh, let me find it here. According to Hillenberg, Patrick embodies the nature of an actual starfish. He notes that while they look, quote-unquote, dumb and slow, in reality, they are very active and aggressive. Uh, oh, wow. Much like an actual starfish, Patrick's friendly facade hides a destructive potential, which is true because, like, wow. you'll see moments. Remember in, the it, string, the hook, the hidden mean? in the box. Oh yeah! Oh, oh that's yes. a memory I forgot about. <laughs> I forgot about that episode. Um, but There's anyway, an embarrassing uh, photo of SpongeBob at the <laughs> Christmas party. <laughs> I loved that episode so much. Oh, he got God. aggressive in that one. He did. So anyway, I thought it was cool that he's basing some of these characters, including Patrick, kind of based on real life traits of these uh, of these creatures, which I think is super cool. That is that cool. is really I, cool. It really shows I, that uh, you get creativity from the real world. You know, you, you kind of pull from it. Art imitates reality. Yeah. yeah. I was not allowed to watch SpongeBob. Really? Uh huh. For a while. No, no judgment because I think a lot of us. Actually, all three of us, and I know us all well enough to know that we probably weren't allowed to watch certain things. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob for a little while, and then eventually, it was like, ah, whatever. Now, was it the? Um, we'll dig into this for a second. Um, was it? I remember there was a big deal for a while about SpongeBob and Patrick um, possibly being homosexual. I remember that was a thing for a while. Was that any part of it? No, I don't think Nothing so. Like that? It was right when it came out. It, I wasn't allowed to watch it just because it was crude. I don't know. Kind maybe, of. maybe I don't know. Like I wasn't allowed to watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That's I was kind of understand. Um, so I mean, things like that. I I don't really know why. I was too young to be like. I mean, to really, you know, if I said, well, why? They'll just be like, because I said so, right? I mean, I don't I don't know what it was right. about it that they didn't. Was uh was SpongeBob off limits for you, Pinata? No, SpongeBob was my my favorite as a kid. Next, time, I was gonna say, I almost said. Uh, if I didn't say SpongeBob, Blue was my favorite character as a kid. But often, SpongeBob is like the only thing that I could watch. <laughs> well, and say what you want about Nickelodeon and how they treat SpongeBob now, but I mean, he is synonymous with not only Nickelodeon but like with legendary cartoons. Oh yeah. I mean, he, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. easily gone down in history as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, animated 
series ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just incredible. All the characters are so great, but something about Patrick in particular for me just... I don't know, he's just the big dummy. Like, one of my favorite episodes is, uh, I mean, there's a million, but the one where they both have to take care of the baby clam. Um, That's such a you know, one. if I were a mom. Like, Patrick, you can't be a mom. You never wear a shirt. <laughs> if I were a mom, this would be very disturbing. Um, you know, just those things. I uh, love it. Love it so much. Um, I do have a very quick, quick side story to tell, if that's okay. Um Hopefully it's okay. My uh, my family are also fans of SpongeBob, including my um, stepdad. We yeah. love we lovingly call him Big Daddy. He uh, Big Daddy used to work a job um, where he had. Uh, um, I, I guess there was this, I don't know the details, but there were meetings that he'd have with other people that he worked with, and one of the guys named uh, was Pat. And if you guys remember the the hibernation episode and at the particular part where they're trying on um it's the one where they're trying on sandy's fur right okay it's, oh it's yeah, that yeah, one. yeah and so it used to freak so, me out as a kid i remember me too yeah. and um spongebob spongebob's like patrick this is kind of disturbing and he thinks and he says you think that's disturbing this is disturbing and then he does pat back and he makes his back look like a face i don't know if anyone remembers oh, that yeah, oh, yeah. Pat back so that was an ongoing particular joke in the family and back to my stepdad in those meetings, when Pat would leave a meeting and come back, he he got his other coworkers involved so they know the joke. But he ended up starting to say, "Hey guys, Pat back!" And oh so they all kind of knew <laughs> the reference. It was so stupid, but that was just a thing that that he did for a while. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. But anyway, that's my number three. Yay! Yeah, SpongeBob's oh, a classic. I think I had a certain time where I was. I don't want to say I was too old for SpongeBob, but I kind of got sick of it just because. You know, for a while, that was all they would ever air. Yeah, so it was on kinda, for a long yeah. time. Kind of got tired of it, but only in the last few months recently, actually, have my brother and I, we've been re-watching old episodes just for fun, and it really does hold up. It's just a charming show. I want to get back into it. I definitely do, because if any show holds up, it's going to be SpongeBob. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, Pinata, what's your, uh, what are you on, number three? Yeah, right? my yeah. number three. Yeah. So, <laughs> if Whole Movies was considered obscure in a stretch... Well, at least it aired on a network, right? It aired on TV. My number three is The Cheat from HomestarRunner.com. Do either of you know what that is? No. I I don't even know the website, man. I have no idea. HomestarRunner.com was flash cartoons from the early 2000s about a armless runner named Homestar Runner. And the main series, though, was about his antagonist, a Mexican wrestler who answered emails. (laughs) <laughs> so the show it's very hard to explain because originally it was uh conceived as a show about competitions hence uh, a runner and a mexican wrestler but the creators kind of didn't care to keep doing episodes about contests and so they kind of just drifted off to into having them do whatever they wanted to do such as one of the characters answering fan emails and so the cheat <laughs> is a small little rodent character who originates from that the cheat kind of just became a, a lackey sort of pet to Strong Bad, but originally he was a little creature who helped Strong Bad cheat, hence the cheat. Uh, right, okay. Matt Chapman, one of the creators of the, the series, says, um, Well, we were just looking around in a bookstore in the children's book section, and we were kind of bored. We didn't see anything that we really liked, so we decided to make our own, you know, just as a joke, to make fun of kids' books. So we wrote, The Homestar Runner Enters the Strongest Man in the World Contest. 
The plot of that first children's <laughs> book is Homestar Runner, Pom Pom, which is another side character, and Strong Bad, and three others enter the Strongest Man in the World contest. Whoever holds the most grapes wins. Strong Bad tries to cheat with the help of a furry yellow animal, from that point on, aptly named The Cheat. So even though it started out as sort of a parody making fun of kids' books, it became this uh, online web series that uh, is pretty huh. popular considering. It's not quite like, you know, when you think of online Flash cartoons, you kind of think of Newgrounds and sort of things made by right, like 15-year-olds. Yeah. But this is made by two adults who made it look very professional considering. And generally, they're just, to me, very funny shorts. I still quote them. If you play any episode, I could pretty much read everything they're going to say because I just burnt into my head <laughs> and I, uh, um what was that oh no it should go right ahead i'm so sorry oh i was just gonna say the actual quote from the book fun fact i looked this up is uh homestar noticed that strombad was getting some extra help i will drop my grapes and uncover that cheat the homestar runner yanked the cheat out from under the pile of grapes so that's where he gets his name <laughs> but like i said the cheat is more oh just gosh. like a little animal creature he kind of makes me think of like jerry from tom and jerry he doesn't really speak english but he kind of runs around and causes mischief and he's just kind of fun to watch you know uh, right and i mean he, he's such a mysterious creature that from a different episode an episode where strong dad was answering an email uh somebody <laughs> asked when the cheat's birthday was and he said to quote him Nobody knows exactly when the cheat's cheat day is, so we celebrate it on the only day we know for sure it isn't, and that's the date of the birth of his fake ID, which says he's a 43-year-old Scandinavian miner named Ilko Skivold. <laughs> so this is a sort of humor. It's just kind of nonsense, I love you it. know. But that's funny. Homestar Runner, like, like you said, if SpongeBob shaped your sense of humor, Homestar Runner unbelievably shaped my humor. I still quote it every day. I watch him every day. I, it's, it's weird how much i realize how many phrases i say are just actually from this website I'm like oh i didn't even remember and there's i mean there's photos That's of awesome. me as like an eight-year-old wearing a t-shirt with the cheat on it and so ever <laughs> since so i was cute. a kid i've just loved these silly characters and again it makes it sound silly when you explain it but if you watch it you kind of get what they're going for and uh right yeah, that's that's my number three is the cheat well, first of all, I'll say I encourage any listeners um, to view, like, look these up on your phone, maybe while you're listening or something, because we, Steph and I uh, looked them up while uh, Pinata was, was talking about them. And it's, I actually love the look of this character. It, to me, it <laughs> almost looks like, um, like, like a weird, almost like a, a, a Pokemon in some way, too, like just yeah. this visually speaking. Um, there's this one plush right here, like the plush. It's got yeah. this little curt, like this belly button oh. thing in the middle. I always Kinda... wanted that plush as a kid, but I never got around to ordering it. So I well, don't Well, you should order that. it now. Which you can't. Worth They're a lot long of money. sold out. Yeah. Oh. oh. If you want to go on eBay so, and spend like $200, you know? Right. So, Pinata, how did you find, how did you come across this? Well, honestly, like I said, I was so young. I kind of just saw it because my older brothers were watching it. At first, it was a sort of a thing where my parents were like, oh, don't show them that. They say crap and they drink beer. And right. uh, as I kept, you know, getting older, I then was allowed to watch it and I just never stopped. I just always kept watching it. I don't know how they found it. At the time, it was just kind of a popular sort of thing. You'd email your friends the shorts, you know, so I'm not I mean, sure. That's what I was going to ask, because it's like if it didn't air, how in the world would you have found it? But that's awesome that they found it and shared it with you. That's really cool. I, I, yeah. I do know that for a while, like the Internet, before YouTube became what it is now, the internet was kind of the wild west when it came to um, like 
specifically animated content because you had your new ground stuff. Um, and I say Wild West because there was a lot of websites that were similar to it that had their own animations and stuff. Yeah. Um, just for so like, a reference, just for a reference point, long before YouTube, I believe the website was established in January of 2000. So that's how old that, we're going. That sounds right. Yeah. Because back then, just, you know, back in those days, I was watching, I mean, I wasn't on that site, but like I said, I mentioned New Grounds. I was on stupid videos and there was one called Albino Black Sheep I got oh, on a yeah. lot. Like, <laughs> Um, all those, and they just had so many weird, some were animated, some weren't, just, Steph is like, she's not an internet I, girl, so it's totally different. It always surprises about. me when people talk about, like, nostalgic internet cartoons, because usually they talk about stuff from Newgrounds, and, like I said, Homestar Runner is so not, Homestar Runner is so professional compared to Newgrounds, nothing against Newgrounds, but Newgrounds was kind of like, right. you know, 14-year-olds just making something, well... Homestar and it was like an actual professional sort of looking cartoon. Like you could have seen it airing on TV almost. So kind of know? ahead of its time. And it really was. And it's just, like I said, um, it's just a nostalgic thing for me. I, I always loved the characters and the sense of humor. It's very uh, reference sort of heavy. They'll reference a lot of 80s stuff, very obscure stuff. Probably where I got my sense for just obscure references. I always love obscure references and it's chock full of it. That's really cool. That is, that is really cool. You're you're selling me on these characters. Like I want to see what I want to see them in context after you after you yeah, talk about them. Yeah. Alex will be up till two a.m. watching all this stuff. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're not you wrong. Know, it's so funny because again, how do you even explain it? A Mexican wrestler answers emails that real fans send him, and then it's pretty much just dialogue based. Again, maybe that's why I attach to home movies so much. But it's mostly characters yeah. kind of just standing around telling jokes, you know. That's I love it. Fantastic. So you you said like Mexican wrestler. Did you remember that show? I guess it was on Cartoon Network. It was uh, Nacho. Was it <laughs> Mucha, Mucha Lucha? Mucha Lucha. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. it's funny you'd say that. There's actually I have all the DVDs of Homestar Runner because Super Nerd, and I've listened to the commentaries. And at one point they brought that show up and said, "Did that end yet?" We keep getting email from people saying that we were ripping them off. I don't know anything about this show. Why do people think we're <laughs> ripping it off? Well, they um, came first, probably. I don't think so, actually. Like the... I believe uh, Mucha Lucha was like 2001, maybe? I think Mucha Lucha was way later. No, it was way later. I saw that really? show. I was... Oh, I could be wrong. Hold I on. was in like middle school. Um, so that was not 2001. Okay. Not that... Not. I'm not quite that up. old. Let's find out just to be sure. Hold <laughs> you on. may have saw reruns. Um, I don't remember. You. I had no idea. Okay. Where did it initially... Cartoon Network, I thought. 2002. I could have swore Network. it was. I could have swore it was later. I think I, I was in middle it aired school. on the Warner Brothers Network, and then in reruns, it went to Cartoon Network. You know what? I should know that because I have all my things documented, and I have it on my WB Kids medley. You or do? WB. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. You were okay. there. You were there when I played it for well, you. Well, I don't remember all that. <laughs> I know. I, I see so many of them. Um, so anyway, all of that is to say, uh, people should go watch Homestar Runner. Where to start on the website? There's like hundreds of shorts. I I don't know. I'd say just watch <laughs> anywhere. Uh, any random strong bad email. Some of the earlier ones are rougher naturally because you know they're the first things they were making. But uh, most of the strong bad emails are pretty great. Cool. That's cool. Definitely well, we'll definitely out. check that out. All right, Steph. All right. Yep. So my number two. We're moving through it. My number two is flower. 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 Flower who? From Flower? Bambi. Oh. Bambi. Oh. Okay. Okay. 
He can call me Flower if he wants to. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen Bambi in so long. Okay, I was so, so my, little. My dirty little secret is that I don't really like Disney. I, I haven't seen that much Disney movies, so. Yep, I understand. There's, there's a lot I've missed out on, too. I don't like that. <laughs> you see, you talk about things that you weren't allowed to watch. I wasn't allowed to watch half the old Disney movies because they were deemed too scary. And I always thought that was silly. But then going back and looking at them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Most of these movies are, like, well, like really creepy. Sleeping Beauty. We just watched that the other day. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. No, we watched Snow White. Oh, Snow White. I'm sorry. We watched Snow White. Sleeping Beauty was, like, when the uh, the queen turns into that dragon and all that and the thorns are everywhere yeah. and that's scary it is yeah. i can see why my parents weren't crazy about it <laughs> yeah but flowers not scary flowers no. not. bambi's no, a very cute flower. movie that's true yes. well yeah but also i just i don't like about the mom so oh i don't like it Let, let's not talk about that part i know i can't talk about it okay it's it's i'm sensitive <laughs> okay so in bambi if you don't know who flower is if you haven't seen bambi in a long time or for people like pinata who don't care for disney um in, easy <laughs> we want to we, we want to keep our guests happy here Steph. <laughs> in bambi uh flower is sleeping in flowers and bambi mistakes him for one and accidentally names him flower he like sniffs his tail or whatever and mm-hmm. he uncurls and wakes up yep uh, and whether or not his real name, whether whether or not his real name is unconfirmed, as he never introduces himself, his mother has a very brief non-speaking appearance in the midquel. I guess they had a separate show for Bambi, uh, while his father was never shown or mentioned. Um, Flower is very coy and soft-spoken, often blushing and hiding himself with his tail. It's so fluffy. <laughs> especially in response to affection he's also friendly and is never is never shown to have a negative outlook on things with the exception of friend owl's description of falling in love though his response was more that of ignorant fear than disgust unlike bambi and thumper so he's just so cute he's so <laughs> cute he's so fluffy and his little eyes are so big and i like that like he can call me flower if he wants to I love that. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> that that lie that did it for her right oh, there. That was it. I oh, fell wow. in love. This, this, it's like a skunk. Very cute. It's a skunk. It yes. is very cute. I so, had to look this up. <laughs> uh, I actually okay. I am too. So I love Flower. Um, really because I I mean he's not. I mean he's in Bambi. Thumper is more well known than Flower. I mean if I had said Thumper, yeah, you would have known Thumper. who I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Um. But I just love, I love Flower, and I like how he curls his tail, and he hides, and he he's shy, but he's really sweet. Um, anyway, so I'm going to give a quick, and it, actually, it's not super quick. It's kind of lengthy, but it's a description <laughs> of the uh, animation for Bambi, some background. just And I didn't find anything specifically about um, Flower, but it's about Bambi, and I really think this is pretty interesting. So I'll read through it pretty, uh, pretty quickly. So uh, this is from Wikipedia. Um, so although the animators had animated deer in Snow White, they were they were animated in the words of Eric Larson like big flower sacks. Um, so Disney wanted the animals in Bambi to be more realistic and expressive than those in Snow White. He had Rico LeBron, a painter of animals, come and lecture to the animators on the structure and movement of animals. Uh, the animators visited the, the L.A. Zoo, and Disney set up a small zoo at the studio with animals such as rabbits, ducks, owls, and skunks, and a pair of fawns named Bambi and Feline, so that the artists could see firsthand the movement of these animals. 
Uh, Rico Laburn's sketches depicted realistic animals, but as characters, they lacked personality. Mark Davis created the final design of Bambi by incorporating Laburn's realistic study of deer anatomy, but exaggerating the character's face by making his proportions baby-like, with a short snout, big eyes. Although there were no humans in Bambi, live-action footage of humans was used for one scene. Actress Jane Randolph and Ice Capades star Donna Atwood acted as live-action references for the scene where Bambi and Thumper were on the icy pond. Remember when all their legs were sprawling mm-hmm. everywhere? The animators learned a lot about animals during the film's production, giving them a broader spectrum of animated styles to use in future projects. Wow, okay. That's interesting, so, yeah. I love that quote it- about uh, Snow White's deers. That's very funny. Yeah, about yeah. like like flower sacks. When well, then we just Alex, we just watched Snow White a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you remember? I mean, they 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 look, look kind of flower sacky. I know <laughs> what you mean. And one thing I'll say too, just so Pinata doesn't feel so um, excluded. I mean, I've never seen any of those classic Disney cartoons besides Bambi. Actually, I didn't see any of the princess ones. I know. I'm working so, on that. I'm working so, on broadening uh, his horizon. But to speaking at least to that animation style, I will say that. Um, it's very impressive knowing especially how they had to do it back then. And yeah, the animal movements, at least for the time, I would imagine would have looked not as realistic, but I like the attention to detail and and the uh and just how and, and their approach to the creation process of like having a little zoo there. I know, and that's like cool? that's that's really cool. I mean, what better way to ingrain it in your brain as an animator than that? You know? That's yeah. Cool. Um I think I do think that is that is uh really neat. Mm-hmm. The only uh Two Disney movies I really grew up with were Jungle Book and Aristocats. Oh, I love which are both, both great those. movies. Yeah, yeah, but I haven't watched those in years. Jungle Book, Aristocats. Man, yes. we should yeah, we should add that to our movie night. Do Jungle Book. No, yeah, I that's need a good idea. And oh, both that of them. Mm-hmm. Everybody both wants them. to be a cat. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to be a cat. Oh, I love I love both of those. But did you look up a picture of a flower? Yeah, I I, did, I, yeah. I, 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 I recognized Flower, actually. Lenny cute. Um, very cute. Lenny yes. cute. Um, cutest skunk I've ever seen. I know. He's <laughs> cuter than Pepe Le Pew. Pepe, oh, very. Yeah. Very different, though, too. Very different yeah. kind of character. Yeah. Um, well, I'm actually at a little bit of a crossroads for oh, my number two here. because crossroads? I was starting to think I might be swapping them around. Oh, it's too late no. For that. Well, it's I already too late have for guests for your number one, so. You know, I'll, okay, you know what? I'll keep it as it is. <laughs> Too late. You came here in the studio. You got what you got. Okay, that's fine. Um, then I'll keep it as it is. <laughs> and just know that I might have to switch them around in my head. Um, my number two, not changed, the same as it was when I walked in here. Wait, okay, do you honestly still, would you still say this is your number two? These are pretty tied up. It's tough. Okay. But so there's it's a, pretty but, high but up. You, it's like a, it's like a, like a, Two and a, it's a one and a half. But there's a reason why, <laughs> I guess, why I originally picked my number one, so I will keep it there. Okay. Um, my number two, um, and for those, well, let's explain. My number two <laughs> is Wolf W. Wolf from Hoodwinked. Oh. Um, I am a huge fanatic of Hoodwinked. I am a, it, it's got a cult following, and I am one of those followers. I love that movie so much. I've talked to you about it before, Pinata. I just love it. Oh, yeah. Um, now, in terms of animation, these are animated characters. Animation has not held up well at all with that movie, but that's not what that movie's about. Um, that movie is about the writing and the characters themselves, I guess. Now, have you seen Hoodwinked, guys? I can't I remember. I have not. You haven't. Okay. Steph, have you? Do you remember it? 
Like when it came out? It was big when it came out. I remember the trailer. I don't know that I actually saw it, but I saw the trailer. Okay, so the premise. Now, this is a movie that I've seen. It's probably, it's my, well, I'll just say it. It's my favorite animated movie of all time, for sure. Wow. Um, And um, and I I share that love. I share that love with probably 12 other people in the country, but God, I, I, I love it so much. <laughs> um, but that being said, if you're, if you, the premise of it, basically, um, it's, um, granny, the big bad wolf. It takes like old, like folk tales. Like um, little red riding hood. Yeah. Fairy that's tales, what I was trying yeah. to think of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's little red riding hood. Um, but it puts it in like a crime investigation noir setting. And, um, so like you get everybody's story, like this thing happens, like everybody ends up in this room there, the, a guy breaks through the window, um, little, little, uh, little red riding hood breaks in, um, the wolf is trying to, um, get granny, all these different things are happening at once. And then it's like, stop, freeze. Then there's like a detective that comes in and gets every character's story mm-hmm. from, from that tale. Wow. And then they tell their point of view. It's actually, I highly recommend it. It's a very funny movie, <laughs> but anyway, the, the wolf Patrick, in it. So uh, there's Patrick a wolf. Warburton, right? Yes, tr- Patrick Warburton is the character. Which, if you don't know who that is, stuff that's the that's the guy that talks like this and all the you know, know. all the old cartoons. <laughs> um, a, what kind of a Patrick Warburton impression it, is that? It, I don't know, Pinata. Will you do he, one so okay, I can hear what I it can, actually sounds like? Hey, Peter, I, I was Swanson from a Family Guy, you know, Swanson. <gasps> oh, him. That was that was better. He's oh, Emperor's New Groove. Okay, He's an, I didn't. Let me um, just, Alex, Alex. Alex, I'm sorry, I did Alex. Not, I had to. I did I had not to, get you know. that from you. No, that's okay. <laughs> I didn't get that from you. That's okay, because you know what? I'm good at my impressions. I can do some good ones, and I, I will take a step that's back true. and say I did not do well with that impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, in my head, it sounds like him. Let's move on. Uh, oh, all right. Sorry. Anyway, in, in the words of the character from Family Guy, like, "Hey, it's free." Um, that's a scene that. You guys probably don't know. He's he's reading that. Uh, he's reading like a like a kids book to all these kids, and they're like they're like it's like a horrible book, and they're like, hey, it's free. I've never seen Family Guy, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, anyway, so there's oh, unfortunately yeah. since since this movie, um, you know, isn't really popular these days. There's not a lot of stuff I could find on it. Um, I guess I can kind of read. Here's the exact definition. Wolf is an investigative reporter and master of disguise who is really a mystery man. There is not much known about his early life, only that he was possibly living with and raised by wolves. <laughs> Which, funny enough, he, explained, he says, well, I was raised by wolves. What do you expect? You know, he used that yeah, line. Yeah. He's a very sarcastic. Here's why he's my number two and almost became my number one. Okay. It's his character. He is very sarcastic. Very dry. I use lines from this movie, particularly from him, all the time. Um, there's a scene where somebody falls really far. They get hurt, and he goes, yep, uh, gravity's working, right? It's, it's lines <laughs> oh like that, gosh. okay? It's that dry humor, um, and I just love it so much. And then it's like, well, I was raised by wolves. What do you expect? You know, and he sits back in his chair, and he's, um, and he's got just like a really funny sidekick. It's hard for me to explain without you guys really knowing the context, but... Really great character. I love how he's written. I love that sense of humor. It is really influ- that's influenced me too, um, and that's why it almost um, took my number one spot. But unfortunately, uh, something else, something else did. Anyway, I do recommend Hoodwinked. Um, expect the animation style to not be great because it's 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 all it's three D animation. I love rough looking three D um, animation. There's such a charm to that, honestly. Well, and that's what I was gonna say. I do think it's charming, but I know a lot of people go, "Oh, this look, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't age like Shrek did." Well, yeah, but they didn't have the budget. 
Also, this little random fact, though, this one thing I did find out, this is the um, highest, not grossing, but this is the most money the most money made on an on an animated movie was actually this movie because the budget was so low. Oh. So that's funny. the budget was so low and it got national release and it was a big movie for like that year. I think it was like 2006 is when it came out. Um 2005 2006 and like right. it was popular at the time it came and it went but because the box office did so well initially and the budget was so low it it's technically made more money than any animated movie in history. Like like uh yeah, you know, net, right? Net, out net. Of Rel- yeah, Rel- yeah. Relatively speaking, um, was That's this cool. DreamWorks? This was uh, no. not DreamWorks. Um, this was because they would have had a budget, <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking. This, Who is this? This was independently made. They um, had somebody publish it. This seems DreamWorks esque. The humor is DreamWorks esque. Yes. Um, let's see who did it. Who winked? Because I'm curious now. Um, it's so kind of like Shrek. Five. Very, yeah, yeah well, it is. Shrek is DreamWorks. Shrek yes. is DreamWorks, yeah. Um, so this was distributed by the Weinstein Company. Oh. Um, but it's independently made. Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, it's rare that you have like an independently made show that goes that. That big. is cool. But like, there's some big, like, there's some big names, like, like Little Red Riding Hood is Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Um, and uh, how? I mean, they had to have had some kind of a budget to get Anne Hathaway on that. It's the box office was ten million. I think it was like just around. I, I don't quote me on this. I don't want to do the research, but I think the box or they their budget was like a million. Like, oh. um, com- and then they made a hundred and ten million at the box office. Oh my goodness! So that's why. See what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most yeah, exactly. movies would cost a lot more to make, but um, but I the will. Final Disney thing I will say are like a hundred and fifty million budget. Right, just right, just to make right. Yeah. Um, I will say this: Corey Edwards is the main creator of this um, of this movie, and I have actually uh, shared words with him, and he shared words with me before, which is really cool. Wow, I've covered a few cool. hoodwinked songs on my YouTube channel just because I'm such a passionate fan, and he found it, um, and he shared it on his Twitter. Ooh, how cool! And um, I said, "Hey, appreciate you sharing." He said, "It was fantastic." You know. So if you're listening, Corey Edwards, the creator of Hoodwinked, which of course you're not. But if you ever are, <laughs> big fan. Looking forward to see what you do next. That's did you I ever got. see the sequel to Hoodwinked? We don't talk about the sequel to Hoodwinked. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we we don't talk about the sequel. Is it bad? It's bad. <laughs> it's not the same voice actors. It's it, I mean, it's all, it's, yeah. I didn't even finish that movie. It, was, it wasn't good. But the first one, it's a standalone for me. It's good. Well, that's a great choice. That's a really, I love the obscure choices, you know? Thank you. I figured you'd appreciate that. It's yeah. so good. You got to growl about it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. It's getting, it's getting weird here in the all studio. All right, Pinata. What is your number two? See how no. she's just totally <laughs> like Pinata. What's your? He's he's growling. He's growling. Get get it going. Now everyone else, I kind of had to explain, like, oh, you know, it's a weird website or oh, this obscure show. The next two need no introduction. Number two is Garfield the Cat. <laughs> Garfield. Oh. I knew this was going to be on your list. I well, knew is it. this Garfield from? Because they have some cartoons, or is this it is from just the Garfield comics? In general, I'd say. But if we're okay. being specific, I guess I could say the Garfield specials from the seventies and eighties. Okay. Okay. And I love Garfield. I was introduced to Garfield at a younger age. Even when I was really young, I loved it. And then when I got a little older, and I found out about all the old specials, and uh, got some of them on VHS tape as a kid, I just loved Garfield. I don't know what it was about Garfield, something about the the simple sense of humor. It was never too, you know, it wasn't trying to do anything too crazy, but it always kind of had this sort of uh, 
it always felt calming, you know? And some people make fun of it for mm -hmm. that. Some people say, oh, it's, you know, it's simple humor. It's just for babies. And, you know, all I'll say is Garfield is a character where if I'm, I'm sad and I look over on my shelf and I see a little Garfield figure I have, you know, feel a little better. Because he's such a joyful character, you know? And, and I honestly think some of the old specials are very funny. A lot of the 80s ones. Yeah. Uh, Garfield uh, in Paradise is a particularly good one. The Garfield Thanksgiving special is really good. Um... And and he was voiced by Lorenzo Music, who is such a distinct voice. He's done very other, very little other work because it's such a distinct voice, and uh, it's just perfect for him. I love Garfield. He's just very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, I I will say my introduction to the specials, at least in particular, um, was actually through you, and I think you know that um, when we watched like the Halloween special, and um, I it's funny because I actually you mentioned like the babies thing, right? I actually think that humor is kind of for everybody. Like, like I think there's stuff that adults would find funny in what he says. At least I think. Absolutely. Um, I thought not, not adult humor, but it, it was you know it's, kids can think he's funny because he's a silly little cat. But then like it's a universal humor. Right. It's just kind of for everybody, and and I really appreciated that. And yes, his that voice acting is very unique, but I love it. It, it lends it. He lent that voice is so perfect for Garfield. You have an like. impression. Yeah. That you can do well? No, I, I can't haven't heard do it. Enough to it's know so that, distinct. But... I cannot possibly. If Pinata can't do it, I'm just gonna use this voice again. Okay. Hope that it works again. <laughs> no, that's not. That's uh, not the correct voice. Good one try. One of my favorite uh, Garfield <laughs> catchphrases. You know, everyone knows about "I hate Mondays" and you know, kicking Odie off the table. One of my favorite Garfield catchphrases yeah. that didn't really catch on. Though it did, it's it's in some of the cartoons, it's in some of the specials. I assume they got a few too many letters. One of my favorite Garfield catchphrases is. Yeah, he'd hear like an annoying voice singing or something, and he would say, "People who sing like that should get drug out to the street and shot." <laughs> oh it's my. that sort of humor. It's that sort of cold, like cynical take of the world. Exactly, it's just so relatable. It's you know another right. one of my favorite. Um, this is a particular comic strip I can pretty much quote from memory. Is um, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> you know he hates Look normal. You, you know normal. Oh yes. You know, Normal no. the Cat? Normal the Cat is an adorable little cat I, who's yeah. cute and adorable, and Garfield hates that. He wants wants him out of there. So there's a particular okay. strip where he says, uh, I'd like to teach Normal a thing or two. And he drags him over and says, Hey, kid, how'd you like to play on this waffle iron? And he goes, you know, <laughs> buzz off. And he's, uh, I guess I have to use more subtle means. <laughs> it's just that, it's, Again, it's that sort of cruel, like... Garfield will kill this thing. It's like right. so charming. But it's also yet, very dry with the yeah. way he says it. So you don't really feel, he's not like, like he is mean, but you still like like him. You don't care. He's so, you know, charming. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the word I seem to be using a lot is He's charm. mean, but charming. Yeah, but he's mean, like, but charming. the old specials are just also so well animated too. Like from an animation perspective, they clearly had a budget because they look, they look great. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like even for the time, like yeah, exactly. Um, I definitely want to watch more of them. Um, I, uh, the old, what are your thoughts? Uh, oh yeah, no, you go right ahead. I was gonna say even the old Saturday morning cartoon show, which you think they'd cheapen out on that, and yeah, the animation's a little, you know, a little obviously budgeted down, but still far better than anything else that would have been on in the eighties. You know, think about eighties TV animation quality; it's uh, great. Well, sure. And uh, even the right. writing of it is actually very good, which, again, you just wouldn't expect for a cheaper Saturday morning cartoon, but it's just well done. Um, what are your thoughts 
this is to the both of you, on those 3D movies that they did about 15 years ago? <laughs> I, as a kid, because I just liked anything Garfield, I liked them. I have not watched them since, and I don't really have an interest. I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I remember liking them at the time, but I don't know if they've held up at all. Have you seen them, Steph? No. Oh, really? You haven't seen them? Because no, there was I've a couple, weren't them. there? I think there was more than one. There were two. I don't know. I haven't seen seen them, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that was a thing for a while. But Also, uh, I meant to say this earlier, but it slipped my mind. Uh, there was a Guardian article that said about Garfield, Newspaper syndicates were getting ton, tens of thousands of submissions from hopeful cartoonists a year and taking one or two. The odds were heavily against me. This is Jim Davis, the creator, talking. Mm -hmm. uh, he remembers, but eventually a syndicate editor told him that your gags are great, but bugs, nobody can relate to bugs. His first comic strip was about bugs. So Davis, showing a <laughs> uh, commercial approach, uh, he decided to create a cat for a vast merchandising empire. He rethought his approach. Well, he said, I took a long, hard look at the comic. I saw dogs doing well, but no cats. I thought, huh. So he created a, a cat. Well, and guess what? It worked. It really did. Um, yes. That's another thing. That's another thing a lot of people say about him is, uh, oh, there's so much products about Garfield. It's so cheap. And honestly, a lot of the products for Garfield, at least back in the day, from what I've heard, he cared a lot about quality. Like he would spend the extra money on the plushes to make them really nice fabric and the, the figurines to make sure they looked accurate. Uh, from what I've heard, he really did care about uh, quality, even though he was putting a lot of it out. Well, and he, I think he had a point because there's not that many, especially at that time, marketed, like heavily marketed cat yeah. figures or animals. It's I true. don't think. No, yeah, not I mean, really. I can't even back in the think of, Well, he also 70s, brought a dog know? in. Odie. Yep. Right. I mean, for cats, even now, I could think of Hello Kitty. Like, I, what else is there? Like yeah. for like a marketed, like memorabilia good, sort of uh, thing. Tom and Jerry, I guess. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But but that wasn't really it. a big met. That wasn't a big merchandising thing though. That was just a, no. a huge influential show. Because like so anyway, Garfield broke into the mainstream and just you'd see everywhere. Pink Panther. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a panther. Yeah, Pink Panther. That's a panther though. Yeah, it's well, not a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Would you keep a panther as a pet? Absolutely. <laughs> Would you? Absolutely. Oh wow. We got some dedication. Well, we might need to we might need to talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> anyway, so that's pretty much all I have to say about Garfield. It's just that uh, despite the sort of cheaper uh, nature of the outside, if you actually look into it, it's, it's very well written, very good quality, and I mean, simply put, just very nostalgic for me. I'm wearing a Garfield T-shirt as I speak, so. Okay, well there you go. There, there's your answer, of course. <laughs> um, well, that's really good. I we're on to. Number one, aren't we? Yeah, no? we are. Oh, gosh. Yep. Okay, so this is the part where we can really guess. If you want to. Um, I can't say. I have no idea for Steph. I'm so sorry, Steph. But this is why I like doing this show. Okay. I get to learn more about you. I know you learn. That's you what learn. I love about this. We learn about each other. We learn about the things we're talking about. Um, I wonder. Do you have any guesses? I think. I, don't, I, th I think it's no, because you didn't watch SpongeBob. I, you know, I wouldn't have discussed... I did watch Spongebob. Well, I'm saying you weren't allowed to watch it, so you probably didn't see it as much, maybe, as we did. Well, I, I guess watched it's it a lot of, later. Um, I'm going to say it's... I'm going to guess the network. Okay. I think it's from a network, first of all. I guess I'll say that. Well, I can't confirm or deny until you... I think it's from Nickelodeon. Okay, but that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What is it? What, Pinata, do you have any guess, guess at all? Guess a network, maybe. Well, I'm going to guess based on... What you've talked about, I'm going to assume it's a Disney princess, though I don't know which one. 
Oh, that's a... Okay, that was a really good guess, but <laughs> but indirect. No. Um, it is Disney. Okay. But it's not a princess. Oh, Kim Possible? It is Stitch. Stitch. Oh. Okay, yep, yep. Yeah. I, I had no Stitch. idea that you were a Lilo and Stitch lover. I love Stitch. Okay. All right, so... I have a couple things to read, but I love, love, love Stitch. I love the movie. I have not watched. Well, I did on Disney Channel when they had that little spinoff series. I watched a little. Uh huh. I watched a little yep. of that. But the movie, I love the movie. I like the animation in it. I love him as the character, and he has all his arms, and he sucks them in, and he gets hit by that truck, but then he's fine. You know, I don't know. I just, <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah, um, I never, I never he, saw Lilo and Stitch, so. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can promise you, while we're paused here, she also probably loves the setting. It's in Hawaii. Yeah, she loves Hawaii <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I do. I love it. And I love the character of, like, Lilo. And I love how... So, Stitch is my favorite. I love the animation. But because I'm not as big of an animation nerd, you know, I don't know that much about animation and, and all that. But I like Stitch because of the actual like character like i like how he forms this bond he's supposed to be evil you know and then he forms this bond with lilo and he brings lilo out of her shell and helps her and they help each other and um uh and they have the you know ohana means family which is really <laughs> really sweet i don't know i just love it i love time. it has he has that like that well, I wasn't trying voice. to do a. We're not. Do I'm not doing an impersonation. Clearly, I'm not allowed to do those in the podcast. We've established <laughs> that this episode. But you know, he had that 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 raspy. That, no, it was like in back of his throat kind of voice. Raspy. Uh, it's like a rasp. Like that. Yeah, yeah kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 How, Actually, do you, how can I, I you do that and you've never much, seen so. it? Well, oh, okay. I haven't heard it that much, I've, but you okay, do it almost perfectly. So did you just mock? Did you just mock? Pinata. I did. I'm so I, sorry, Pinata. I watched the show now and then as a kid. I actually did have the movie on tape as a kid. I just remember barely ever watching it. So fair enough. I yeah. probably did see it, but I was like four. I don't remember. Well, it. you, right. I'm with you. You did the impression really well. So good job. Ah, thank you. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. So I love I love it, and I love. I mean, the animation is really good too, and I like all the alien characters. And then I liked in the animated spinoff series. Um, it kind of, in a way, makes me think of um, like Fosters. Right, because in the animated series that was the the spinoff, they mm. had different Stitch was whatever number he was. Experiment six two six, I think, is what he was, mm -hmm. and um, you know, he was six two six. So there was one hundred and sixty five others before him, and so in the animated series, they somehow get to Earth, and him and Lilo have to go find them. And they're all different, and they all look similar to Stitch, but they're all very different, and they have different powers and stuff like that. And so it's they, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier with Fosters, is it gave the animators like a chance to bring in new characters with new personalities for like one episode, even though it's within like just a normal Earth like worldly looking place like Hawaii, but they're yeah. not out, but, it, but because of the story, it makes sense what, and they can get creative and yeah. build all these new. Yeah. And it's just one episode. You have a yeah. new character and you can have fun with it, you know? Right. So I really like that, but okay. So I'm going to read, read just a little bit about the, uh, development. <laughs> Steph's got her iPad. She looks like she's in like, business like yeah okay let's start the meeting now yeah, she let's looks very start. i'm ready business to start. professional um 
Okay. I have to find. I have several. This is a Wikipedia. Um, all right. So, in a deviation from several decades worth of Disney features, Sanders and Blois chose to use watercolor painted backgrounds for Lilo and Stitch, as opposed to the traditional, oh, I don't know how to say this word, gouache? 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 Pinata? No, I don't know. No, not really. It's G-O-U-A-C-H-E. I think they're just talking about the standard sort of, uh, like, when you yeah, see an that... artist paint, like Bob Ross, like this sort of board. Right. Okay, that I must think be that's it then. the standard background, yeah. While watercolors had been used for early Disney animated shorts, as well as early Disney features like Snow White, Pinocchio, and Dumbo, the technique had been largely abandoned by the mid-1940s in favor of less complicated media such as goosh. I don't know how to say it. Sanders preferred that watercolors be used for Lilo and Stitch to evoke both the bright look of a storybook and the art direction of Dumbo, requiring the background artist to be trained in working with the medium. The animation itself was all based on 2D work as the budget lacked funds to incorporate computer-generated imagery. The character designs were based around Sanders' personal drawing style, eschewing the traditional Disney house style. Because of the limited budget, details like pockets or designs on clothing were avoided in the animation process, and as they could not afford to do shadows through much of the film, many of the scenes took place in shaded areas, saving the use of shadows for more pivotal scenes. I'm not surprised about the lower budget just because uh, financial-wise, can you guys think of any other 2000s Disney movie that was as successful? I think this was like the only one that kept putting out uh, failure after failure around that time. That that was a rough... At uh, least financially rough, rough failures, you know. No, yeah, no, it really was. Because what I was going to speak to actually, because um, I haven't spoke much about it yet, but I have never seen, or I think I saw the movie initially when it came out, and then that's it. So I've never been a big fan. However, I remember how much Disney, and for good reason, clearly, how much they pushed that movie. They promoted a lot, it, like, yeah. It was everywhere. Like, you cannot avoid Lilo and Stitch during that summer yeah. or whenever it came out um but i re- but i'm not surprised that it was a huge hit that they needed at that time i'm sure because uh people still talk about it, it had the show now people like people around our age look back at that fondly like one of their that's one of their shows that they loved and they were coming up yeah. um i hear people talk about it all the time when people talk about their favorite disney movies and one thing i do like is that it's pretty unique in terms of like that's a pretty unique kind of character that Disney made, especially at that time. That you know, just a weird yeah, alien was... kind of character thing, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, and then that the one-eyed guy who gets bitten by mosquitoes, he reminds me of me. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one eye and get bit? Well, you do get bit by mosquitoes. I do. I, do. I know I have two eyes, but allergic. Yeah, in the sense that when they sting me, you know, you'll get like a little bump. I'll get like a giant swollen like lump it's awful so you gotta spray on that off yeah you gotta spray that stuff on um (laughs) steph is they she may not be allergic or whatever you want to call that but she's definitely prone to getting bit a lot they'll Mm. eat me yeah Yeah, i'll go outside for five minutes and i'll come in and have 25 mosquito bites that's that's your problem is that you went outside why why would you ever go outside (laughs) well yeah (laughs) good point point. (laughs) (laughs) um so well, that's so that's all I got. If you guys have any any more feedback about Lilo and Stitch, but if not, then I kind of we need to my what I know. We need to guess your number yeah, one. Like I said, I don't um, really remember uh, many memories with the show, but yes, Alex, I think I know your number one. Well, okay, then if you if you're pretty confident, because I'm pretty sure that you're wrong. 
Um, we'll have, yeah, yeah. Um, but it might be an honorable mention. We'll see. But Steph, I'd like for you to guess first, unless you're also very confident that maybe we should flip a coin. I'm not extremely confident. I'm okay. 60% confident. That's still a good number. Let me start with this. I'm this not sure anymore. You. I will say this. When I made this list, I was surprised this became my number one. Um, but I really dug down deep and thought about it, and I thought, you know what? This this would be. Overall, this is my number one. So well, I just want to say that I surprised myself. I went down to like 30%. Yeah, I, I don't think it's my guess anymore, but I'm, I, I'd like to say it. Yeah, I want to say mine too. Pinata can go first. Pinata can guess first. All right. Is it is it Finn the Human of Adventure Time? I took note of that. What's your stuff? Scooby Doo. Let me say this. Those are both fantastic guesses. <laughs> One of you is very close, and that person is Pinata. Uh, I knew it wouldn't be me. <laughs> now let me say Scooby Doo is an honorable mention. I grew up on Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo was my Garfield. I'll put it that way, and and in pinata terms he, he was oh, my yeah. garfield i definitely um, get that. loved scooby-doo i loved the 70s cartoons then the 70s specials up up until the 90s ones like with zombie island and all that loved it but it's i i wouldn't look back now and and watch it it was just a very big thing in my childhood that's why i didn't make it on my list so not finn the human but the ice king oh my gosh so I really had to think about it because I thought something from Adventure Time was going to be in here because Adventure Time really was a big part of my life during my college years, like during like my like my late high school years into college into my mid twenties or my early twenties. I loved that show because that show might have started out as a kids show. For those of you who don't know, Adventure Time talk about merchandising for for a while. It was everywhere. You'd walk into like a hot topic and it'd be nothing but Adventure Time stuff. But um, I wasn't allowed to watch that either. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch Adventure Time. Really? Yeah. That was a little bit yeah. later. Well, all here, listen, well, I just want to... <laughs> no, go ahead. I was going to say, I think we're a little... I think you're definitely a few years older than me. That's true, too. Actually, I know I Not am. Not like a bad way. I I'm just meant old. it makes sense why I was... Yeah, don't uh, remind me, Pinata. Oh, if you were a high schooler, I was definitely uh, younger, you know? Yeah, I was, I think, I believe I was a junior when that sh- when I discovered the show. When um, Alex was a junior, I was in kindergarten. So I think I discovered that the show came out in... <laughs> just, that's just... not true. That, the, the, um, <laughs> that would make this whole thing very wrong. But um, just so awkward. you know. Be here. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, however, I, uh, I discovered it, I think, junior year, maybe senior year, and um, because my sister watched it. And... Um, Finally got me into it. And I actually only watched it for the first time, Adventure Time. They don't get into Ice King, but because the logo looked like Zelda. Oh, um, that'll it, do it. Honestly, honestly, that's like it, it was it had the sword going through it. It was red. It had the same fonts. I thought that's a that's a slight nod to Zelda. I'm going to check this out. And do you think a, it was intentional? Well, there's a lot of video game references in that show. So and you think it probably so was? Yeah, probably. Anyway, I fell in love with the show. And one thing, one reason why I fell in love with it was because for anyone who's familiar with the show, even just a little bit, you know that it started out as a kid's show and ended as like an epic, serious story that adults enjoy more than kids do. Um, that's the, the show had a crazy trajectory. It started out as a stupid, weird, like drug trip yeah, show yeah, for yeah. kids. And then it, it always kept that humor. But in later seasons, the, it, w- it became an epic. Like it was ridiculous. It became a serious show. 
Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. And in fact, I've never actually finished it, and I want to finish it. So I might go back and start it over. How? And one part that describes this really well is the character of Ice King. First of all, voiced by Tom Kenny, who is SpongeBob, same voice actor. Okay. Um, you have an impression. I'm not going to try because I don't want to butcher it for my number one here. Um, so originally, de- I'm just going to read this. This is from the fandom site to kind of paint a better picture of him. Uh, originally depicted as two-dimensional, humorously over-the-top villain trying to kidnap Princess Bubblegum on a regular basis, the character's personality was subsequently expanded, revealing him to be a kind-hearted but misunderstood old man with completely twisted senses of morality and social behavior, suffering from loneliness and memory loss. Sounds like you. Um Later seasons, thank you. Well, I do have memory loss, it's bad. Later seasons unveil his tragic backstory, revealing that he was once a good human named named Simon who lost his mind, memories, and lost his mind, memories, and loved ones due to the magic crown giving him his ice powers. So as he became corrupt, he started. He was isolated from the people that he loved. Oh. Um, and it, so, it, so I don't want to give spoilers, but that's a huge spoiler actually. But he had a huge thing with like Marceline, the vampire, and but anyway. Um, I just love, first of all, I love the humor. So we'll start at the light part. So, um, his character is so funny and he's got Gunther. He's got all these penguins with them and he'll use his penguins as his like bathing towel. So he'll take a shower and take a penguin, wipe his pits out, throw the penguin out. And <laughs> of course you'd find that. You, that is um, your humor. And, like, and, and it just, I love it because it's so outlandish. Um, cause he'll go like, so this is one episode where something stinks. Something stinks in, in in his castle, and it's and he thinks it's one of the penguins, and he's going, if you Gunther, if you got a stank booty, I'm not I'm not going to keep you around. You know, he called it a stank booty, right? Just the things <laughs> like that. They were just funny, and it's how he worded it. Okay, and I'm, I'm making myself <laughs> no, sound like I'm funny. six, but but it's funny. But my my favorite thing and made that made me fall in love with this character um, was an early episode, probably first or second season, where he has a slumber party with Jake and Finn, which is surprising because. He's the antagonist or one of the antagonists of the show. Um, but like he's surprisingly like being really friendly with them because all he wants to do is get with the princess. And they're, you know, Finn always protects the princess from him or tries to. And uh, but anyway, he's spending the night with Jake and Finn and he's really nice. I'm like, oh, I'm really surprised at how nice he's being. And then in the morning, <laughs> they wake up. He goes, hey guys, I'm going to go make some, uh, make some eggs. Uh, you want some? And they're like, yeah, I'd love it. And then he goes, I'm going to put my foot in it. And then he just walks downstairs, and they're like, what? And then he's just like, and then the show goes on for a little bit, then he's cooking eggs, and he's placing his foot in the skillet, and he's going, I don't want to put too much foot in there. It's going to take away from the taste of the omelet. It's just super weird humor like that. But, oh, thought, but isn't that great? It's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to go put my foot in it. He's like, That's oh, my great. God. So I fell in love with that humor from him. And then as I saw his character, and I saw his pack backstory and realized that he's He's crazy. He's lost his mind because of the corrupt powers that that were that were given to him when he put on the when he put yeah. on the crown. And you learned that he had this whole life, and he was he was like a, I think he was a scientist, and like he was really smart, and he was a loving man, and he took care of this one character in the show. And then as she started to grow up, he started to get corrupt, and she ran away from him. And then they reunited, but it was really awkward because she remembers who he was, but he doesn't remember anymore. Oh. And like it became this really really sad deep story. And I think because of the, I've never seen in my life that much depth in it, in what's really a kid's show. Like, I have never seen that much depth. And not that I'm looking for that in my cartoon characters. Most of these other characters don't have that kind of depth. But I really just kind of wanted to pinpoint that. And that's why it was almost tied for second place. Mm, Okay. Um, Because 
at the end of the day, the wolf makes me laugh more. But um, you like the depth of this, but the, just better. the depth, like the the range. It's like you're watching like a feature film with how much range is in this particular character. It's ridiculous. Um, once you see his backstory kind of unfold and stuff. So anyway, that is a uh, that's Ice King. That's I my, didn't realize that that Adventure Time was that. It's yeah i mean it gets really serious it doesn't stay what you think it is it, i've only it known it as like that trippy style it always like, it, the animation always is trippy and by the way i do love his character how he looks too he's blue he's got a long nose i always loved how he looked i know yeah i know what he looks like i've seen like some of that but yeah i don't know i, I didn't know that it got that in depth i so. might i might have you watch some of those later episodes and to see what you think because it's okay. you're, it's almost a different show i'd watch it yeah what's I'd your experience it. with adventure time pinata uh, like I said, I just wasn't allowed to watch it, so I really haven't. Oh, that's seen right. I'm sorry. But uh, that's right. Yeah, sounds like a good show. <laughs> I always, I was it, always, a, I was always the regular show kid. I watched that growing up. There was a little bit of, and I don't know why, because they're actually very different shows. But very, there was yeah. a weird thing of regular show versus Adventure Time. I don't know what regular show is. What? Yeah. Oh, no, I, that's a good show. I don't. I have uh, no idea. So it I should have actually put a regular show character on my list. I didn't think about it. Well, here actually, I do have a quick little fact about Adventure Time, really quick though. I, um, a little behind the scenes. It was originally pitched, and its technical pilot, if you want to call it a pilot, was aired on Nickelodeon, not Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, it, it was a, it was a. That's a pretty well known thing if you're. They jump networks. But, it, yeah, I, I don't know the full story, but I know like it was, it was a series of a bunch of short shows, like up, like possible up and coming shows, and that was one of them. And it was just like a short little pilot. They looked different. But then Cartoon Network ended up picking up the show. And then it obviously that was the smartest decision they made because for a while they were the mascot of Cartoon Network um, yeah. for, for, for a while. But yeah, there, there's this weird thing for a while of like if you talk about Adventure Time, like Pinata just did it. You go, well, I was more of a regular show guy. And yeah, I have no idea. And it's funny because I've seen is. that show and that show is very funny. It's similar because it's like Adventure Time in a sense of it's got a little they sneak in some adult humor in there, here and there, here and there, here and there. I don't know why I said it twice. <laughs> but but anyway, Pinata, I want to guess your number one. I think you but, very well could have it. I, it's it's funny because I think I could guess maybe the show. Okay, I'm gonna do my guess first if that's fine because I have no oh, idea and I think okay. it's just gonna be a really I'm I'm like you guessed for me you guessed like a network I'm just gonna say like it's not on a network and it's just another sort of obscure you wouldn't know it unless you knew it kind okay. of show. That's all I got. Should I say anything or? Let, let Alex yeah, guess. Speak to that. Is she right in that? Oh, okay. Very wrong. It is one of the most popular characters. Oh, of course I'm wrong. Oh, okay. it's one of the most popular characters. I mean. All right, there you go. His, Does that change your guess, mm, Alex? How do I phrase this? He is very, very popular, but technically speaking, another character in it is the technically the more popular one. So he's a side character. Okay, do me kind of. Do me one favorite. Give me one <laughs> hint, and then I'll guess. Oh my gosh! Oh, this one what, guess. Come what on. What do I say? Okay, like maybe he's. An he older already guy. gave you multiple. He <laughs> okay. is a well, hint. Okay, well I'll tell you this. He, Please, Pinata. He's a very older character. I, I believe he started in the early fifties, late forties. Oh, wait. No, this can't be. Okay. What are, you, what are you thinking? 
Well, actually, now I'm starting to think. Okay, I have a couple guesses because I was thinking something totally different. Well, I'll explain in a moment. You only you get one. one. But you said 40s. Now I'm really confused. Right. I mean, okay, okay when I okay, think 40s, it's probably, it's probably more like early 50s. Okay, let me say this. Let me explain. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is an extra long special episode. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be with, here. With a special 20-minute portion where Alex thinks. Steph, stop. Um, so it's either something from like like early Hanna-Barbera, like, like Tom and Jerry. That's what I was thinking. Or I was thinking like Mickey Mouse slash Steamboat Willie. Like that's the only two like characters I can think. But I, I'm going to guess something from Tom and Jerry. I I gotta tell you, you're very off. Um, <laughs> I, 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 fig, I figured I was. <laughs> Should I say that it? was a bad buzzer noise? <laughs> yeah, say it. Go ahead. I believe he originated in 1950. I could be wrong, but uh, my favorite character is good old Charlie Brown. Char! Oh, oh my gosh! No! <laughs> I knew that. Pinata, you know that I knew that. Yeah, I, I was just, No, you obviously like, didn't. How did you not get that? I was so sure you would. Char! Oh my! Well, that <laughs> I got so confused. I'm thinking. 40s, I talk about 50s, he, peanut specials all the time. You do. No, listen. I I'm almost embarrassed because I you did know be. that. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> I feel horrible. <laughs> 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 oh well, my gosh well you go on that's uh, all right as long as you know that i do know you i promise charlie brown is a of course originated from a comic strip naturally uh peanuts which fun fact charles schultz the creator always hated the name peanuts he uh he wanted it to be named charlie brown but uh the syndicate the, the newspaper suggested peanuts and he was stuck with that name so hence why most of the specials are actually called a Charlie Brown Christmas or a Charlie Brown Valentine because he always wanted to get away from that name. Uh, huh. So there's something. But uh, Charlie Brown, my favorite character because he's, one, just nostalgia. Watched a lot of it as a kid. And two, because he's such so relatable. He's very depressed while still being determined to do the things he wants <laughs> to do. Yet you yep. still feel for him and you, you just... You just I don't know. He's such a sad character, and some people look at that as like, oh, you know, how annoying. He's always depressed, but I just kind of related to that. I always liked that he uh, had that sort of serious side to him. I don't know. While still just um, being right. a kid, you know what I mean? Like, the Peanuts comics, a lot of people go on about them being, like, so deep and so... And they definitely are in ways, but it's still a, a comic, you know? But it, it would kind of catch you with surprise whenever Charlie Brown would say something very grim and it would just kind of catch you off guard because usually it was pretty silly and i think that's sort of the charm of peanuts is that sort of underlying hint of uh sincerity you know right um you know you're right and it's funny because i haven't seen it in a long time i watched it a lot actually when i was a kid um myself and we when we watched we watched uh it what did we the watch pumpkin the pumpkin one the, the great pumpkin <laughs> yeah we watched right? the uh, great pumpkin um and i I gathered that, and I didn't remember how kind of morose he really was a lot of the time. Yeah, it's like it's, he really was just kind of just kind of moping around, getting done what he needed to get done. But you said it right, though. Like he'll do what he needs to do. Even um, though the kite eating tree is constantly eating the kite, even though he never wins a baseball game, even <laughs> though he can't make anything but toast, he'll try. Right, he'll try. And I and, think it's something we can all strive to do. Yeah. I think something that really sets up the series and tone very well is the very first comic strip, which uh, 
features Shermy and Patty, two characters who would quickly be phased out of the strip, uh, sitting on just sitting on some stoops as Charlie Brown walks by. And Shermy says, well, here comes old Charlie Brown. Good old Charlie Brown. Yes, sir. Good old Charlie Brown. How I hate him. <laughs> so that's your introduction to these characters of kids. They're all cynical and mean to each other. But that's like reality, you know? It. I mean, yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, also, uh, just speaking production-wise, again, similar to Garfield, a lot of the same sort of team who worked on the Garfield specials worked on the Peanut specials, and I just love them. I think they're so cool to look at artistically. They're they're. I, again, I grew up watching like every special, not just the holiday ones, but you know, most people don't know this. There's like sixty TV specials, and I grew up watching all of them because I just I could never get enough. Right. Um, there are a ton, and um, do you uh do you have a favorite? like era or do you have a favorite um like all right i guess oh, i guess charlie question. brown's your favorite character but yeah i'm yeah. just curious if you have a favorite era and then maybe like a, is there a secondary character that you very good like question. second most i would say my favorite era is probably the very first few specials like the first like five or six tv specials which would be like charlie brown christmas uh charlie brown all-stars yeah. great pumpkin charlie brown uh you're in love charlie brown he's your dog charlie brown those are a few specials the animation's a yep. little rougher. The the voice acting is not very good, but it's very sincere. By the time the characters became more popular, even more popular than they already were in the 80s, things started to get a little more commercial and cheesy. And in a way, I can really appreciate that. It's kind of fun in its own style, but it's very different. I kind of like the earlier days where everything kind of felt like, is this going to work? I don't know if we should make this, but let's do it. By the 80s, it was like, yeah, we're going to make a lot of money off of this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you can hear that shift tonally i'm sure exactly but um, i mean i still like all the area uh you know areas of peanuts even some of the recent ones the 2015 movie the peanuts movie i saw that in theaters for my birthday and i just loved it i, I mean i love it it's a great film it's got great art it's uh one of those reboots that's actually uh well made you know <laughs> that's great that's also a rarity yeah <laughs> yeah definitely um plus you gotta like charlie brown himself has I mean, it's an iconic, like, look, like that design on a shirt. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's a like a. I guess I used this word earlier in in the podcast, but like a universal. It's like a universal look. Like anybody who sees that yellow and black like zigzag, it's like you think of Charlie. Brown. That's what makes me kicking myself because I can't believe I didn't guess that. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't guess yeah. it either. Yeah. I'm still thinking also, about that pinata. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you asked about favorite uh, second favorite character. So this might be a controversial opinion, but uh, as somebody who's watched far more of the specials than the comics, I'm not big on Snoopy. I know everyone loves Snoopy, but in the specials, he's typically depicted as someone who's kind of forcing Charlie Brown to do things. You know, he'll whine about food yeah. or he'll uh, go off on some grand adventure and leave Charlie Brown at home. And I always just felt so bad for poor Charlie Brown. But uh, I always liked Woodstock, as weird as that is, the the bird. I always thought he, uh, she was so yes. charming. It's a she, by the I way. Like, I like Woodstock, too. Yeah, I have... Uh, I have a keychain of Woodstock that's like three different Woodstock heads and like a bunch of keys attached to it. So I always see Woodstock every uh, every day. That's great. <laughs> that's cute. And I have a little quote from Charles Schultz regarding uh, the name of Charlie Brown and the origin from a 1997 interview. Uh, Ooh, which would okay. have been only a few years before he passed away as he passed away in 2000. Um, so he said, most of the characters are based after friends of mine, and I had a wonderful friend named Charlie Brown. He and I worked at the correspondence school in Minneapolis for many years, as I did. It's kind of nice to use names of friends. He goes on to say, Charlie Brown had a wonderful time. He even came to New York here and was on one of those 
I think it's called Tell the Truth Game Shows or something, and he fooled everybody. <laughs> in the That's sense funny. that, you know, it was like two right. truths, one lie, and uh, nobody guessed that. Oh, right, yeah. His name was Charlie Brown. That is, well, yeah, because now, like, you can't name somebody Charlie Brown without thinking Not of the show. Yeah. That, that name's taken. That's done. You can't use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. one of those things. Yeah, but he was the original. He was the original, the that OG man Charlie was Brown. The original. Yeah, yeah, that's really, that's cool. And I, that actually kind of adds a little more sincerity to it for me because, uh, just, you know, because you, you know that, you know, there, there's a personal touch to it. Um, and I like, because I like using names of people. I sometimes steal names, and what I write, steal names from people that are real. Yeah. Put them in my songs. Just because it makes, it, it adds a connection. So that, that kind of brings it to a little closer place exactly. to me, too, now. That's cool. And you That's know, really neat. Uh, Charlie Brown and, and the whole Peanut series has just been something that me and uh, family members could connect over. So, you know, it just holds a very special uh, soft spot for me. You know, a very, very sentimental, uh, you know, it's something me and my mom always watch together. So I just always, uh, you know, it's just a, uh, it's just something sweet, you know. Yeah, that is really sweet. We, I discovered it in kindergarten and I loved it. Um, kindergarten because we actually, I think for each, we did a few specials in kindergarten, like in class, like during nap time they would play, the Charlie Brown specials. Yeah, and that's when I first found my love of Charlie Brown. Um, and I'm I'm glad I did because I remember even at the time. We were all just staring at the screen, especially it was the group. I don't know. If it, I can't remember which special it was. <laughs> I, think it was the, I think it was the Christmas because I'll remember oh. all the plots. <laughs> oh, God, no. I mean, like, I kind of <laughs> know the plots of the of the specials now just because I've seen them since. But um, but, you know, like, I think it was the Christmas special that we watched quite a few times, but I could be wrong. I was kindergarten. Why would we watch it more than once? Yeah, we're I, I'm, I think I'm getting memories mixed up because I'm trying to dig. Uh, but I know we watched it a handful of times, and that was, and I've watched it here and there ever since. But what well, we used well, to do you have any Charlie Brown experience? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would. I never really watched the specials or the show very often. Like if it was on, like for Thanksgiving, like if it was on TV and there was it was on, like I mean, I I would watch it. Um, but I don't know very much about the show. I had more experience with it in the comics. Yeah. So yeah. when I was younger, like my, my grandma would make me scrambled eggs and toast with strawberry jelly. And I would sit at the table and my grandfather would be reading the, the newspaper and I would be like, we always call it co the comics, you know, or the funnies. Is the, what funnies. We call yeah. it. the funnies. The funnies. And I was going to say. So he'd be reading it and I'd be like, can I have the funnies? And he'd, he'd hand it to me. And I'd sit there and eat my scrambled eggs and and read uh, the comics. So, but I usually saw a lot of like Charlie Charlie Brown, you know, comics and stuff like that. So I always yeah. enjoyed that part of it. But I never, I, for one reason or another, not because it's not good. I just never got too much into the the actual show. I I but I really enjoyed the comic part of it. You know, I didn't I didn't know that it was a comic. You didn't? I, wow. Well, I mean, like when I was when I was young, I actually knew the show first. Oh, really? Right. Um, and then I realized, oh, it's in the funnies because I yeah. do have a little more. I that unlocked a new memory. I remember like seeing new, it, ding, on my new dad's memory papers. unlocked. Yeah. New memory unlocked. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's a great number one pinata. It yeah. really is. I first. That is a, well, thank you. Uh, I was gonna say I first. I grew up with the special on video, and we had some of the books too. But one thing that I think 
one reason I think I really like all these old characters like Charlie Brown and Garfield and I'm just into obscure media is because when I was a kid, my parents, and I mean, still to this day, but my parents, they didn't want to buy, you know, I, I would always want to see new movies and shows. So instead they'd take me to thrift stores and I'd buy VHS tapes. And because of that, I found a lot of these more obscure, less known uh, Garfield and Charlie Brown specials. And that's how I got hooked right. on all this sort of old media. That's really cool. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, that, that stuff, those are your formative years. And, you know, yeah. and, and if that's what you're absorbing, I think that's kind of what sticks with you. That's um, cool that, like, that they did that, though, because that gave you exposure to things. That exactly, because I always wanted to, to you know, watch these older shows and stuff. And, you know, anytime I want to see something, they couldn't just always spend the money on the DVD. Because at the time, I mean, now DVDs are going down in price, but at the time, you know, $20 for a movie or whatever. And uh, right. we had a... We had yeah, a, like a... Oh, I was going to say, like, a, for a, like, a really good DVD at, like, 25 even 30 right? Yeah, I mean, It was exactly. super expensive. We had a VCR in a car for a little while, and so... Oh, my it made dad sense had to, that! Yeah, so it made sense to keep using VHS long after the format had died, because we still had, you know, players around. Plus, you can discover... We had one of those, too. It was really cool. Um, actually, I think we talked about... I think we had a similar... Vehicle. Yeah. Well, don't you still have that vehicle? We, Isn't we that the still one that do, you were yeah. cleaning up? Yep. Um, so I, I think one thing too is that you realize and you have a you have a unique perspective that a lot of people I think don't that that are our age, which is you know, it's one thing to know the obscure things from now, but to to know some of the obscure things from then, like the seventies and eighties and well even nineties. Um, you know, there's so much good stuff out there and it's so easy to only be to, to only know the things that kind of are shown to us meaning movies, TV shows that are out there. There's so many things that don't have the budget to market. And, right. And, you know, and, and you have a unique perspective, maybe not with Charlie Brown, because obviously that's a huge success, but, you know, with a lot of other things that you're interested in, um, they may be things people don't know about, but they're still really good, which I, I think mean, is a, a some great of my perspective. favorite sort of pieces of media are just like one-off. You know, an art form that's really died that I miss is sort of one-off specials, you know? There's always a movie or a full TV show, but there's never... You rarely ever see 22-minute, like, TV specials. And I think yeah, that's sad right. that that's gone because a lot of things really can't sustain a full show and a lot of things can't sustain a full movie, but there are lots of specials out there I love that are just, like, 22 minutes, you know? And, uh, again, like you said, uh, growing up with those sort of things that people missed out on, it's just... Gave me that aesthetic for uh, sort of, like I said, I love the older, ugly-looking CGI. I love hand-cell animated shows. Uh, I have a hard time watching newer shows, really, because I just don't find them as appealing. Sure. I, I mean, I, I really do get that. Um, well, goodness, I, uh, that's, listen, we, we ran through this. I mean, it's, it's an extra long episode, so everybody enjoy it. I hope you do. It's, <laughs> we win about two hours. I think that's pretty good. Um, Pinata, it's been incredible having you on. Um, stick around with us. You you can be with us while we discuss, while we pull the name from the hat for the next episode. So I'd you love can stick to. around for Thank that. Maybe we can so let him do for, the drum uh, roll. Me on. Of course, yeah. We'll definitely let him do the drum. <laughs> yeah, we'll let him do okay. the drum roll. We'll definitely let him do the drum roll. And, um, and I want to say, I want to say too. Yes, well, I want to say to you, Pinata. I mean, thank you very, very much. Um, I mean, you've really a lot of things on your list. Alex knew some of them, but. A lot of them, like, I mean, I didn't because I'm, this is, isn't something that I just know a lot about in general. Right. So you've really taught me a lot and I'm going to, I'm going to look a lot up. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me on. 
Yeah, well, we appreciate it, and it's been so fun. Yeah, it, and to kind of piggyback off what Steph said, it's true. Like, um, just I've known you for for quite a while now, and just I'm I'm always learning this new little industry related things, or 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 just you know just growing a bigger appreciation for um, for odd and and lost and just kind of obscure media, you know. And and I I really do and. You've helped me kind of discover that love even more since since I've met you and gotten to know you. So we really do appreciate um, having you on, and I think there's no better fit for an animation episode than than our own animator, <laughs> Pinata. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Well, right before we pull from the hat, Pinata, um, why don't you tell us where everybody can find you on the internet? Well, you can find me on YouTube uh, with my channel Pinata Time. Uh, if you search Pinata Time Space Station Arbitrary, more likely I'll show up. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Pinata Time Tunes, and that's pretty much it. I just make the funny cartoons. I would say if you want to check out the particular episode of Space Station Arbitrary, uh, I hate every place. It features Alex, so it's a good first episode. What? I was I was about to actually well mention that at the beginning. I forgot to. Um, I am in an episode of Space Station Arbitrary. Yeah. It's like, pretty cool. You like what? Is it your voice? It's my voice. I forgot that I didn't tell yeah, you that. You, you never told yeah. me that. I got. I got. He didn't even tell me that. <laughs> I forgot. He plays a disgruntled store worker uh, at a shirt yep. store. Yep, it's relatable okay. in so many ways. No, I'll watch it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll show it to her. Um, comp- all written by him. But yeah, I, we do recommend that that show. It's, it's a very funny show. Thank you. Um, I recently just watched the the taxes episode, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Thank um, you. So uh, my favorite part is getting the getting the tax taxi or, or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm like... a little I'm a little uh, funny thing about that joke is that was something my brother said and I kind of just took it from him if I'm being honest. So well, the best part him. is the best part is uh, the the punchline or at the end when you get out of the car and you're like, <laughs> why did we do that or what's the point of this? <laughs> what was the point of that? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. All right, it was Pinata, either my brother or my mind. sister who said that joke. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry, let's go on. No, that's okay. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, <laughs> that's I think hilarious. It's, it's time for us to wrap this up. So if you don't mind giving us the drum roll. You got it. Whenever you're ready, and I'll do the symbol. Oh, he even did the symbol. Stereo. Um, <laughs> top five favorite websites. Ooh. You can guess who suggested it. Who? Pinata. <laughs> did I? Did I suggest that? Yeah, you suggested you suggested this a long oh. time ago. Well, you know that um, com would be up there. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to give your own um, suggestions, please let us know at the Two Piece Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Also, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Yes, please. Have we gotten any reviews ever? No. Oh, well, leave a review. Leave a review, please. A we would love to hear Spotify. your feedback. <laughs> but... For now, it's time to go. Pinata, thank you again one more time. Thank you. It's uh, seriously been so much fun. I love talking about this sort of stuff, and I really do like this show, so thank you. Of course. It's an honor to have you on. Well, you like it enough to draw our logo. So. <laughs> yeah, you did draw our logo. It's true. All <laughs> thank right. you so much. We're, we're rambling. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Two Piece Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.